Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Howdy. Howdy. Yeah. Okay, Howdy. Movie's, movie's set in Texas. I suppose you're there you on go. brand. Uh, yes. This is a horror... What should I have said? I'm a goddamn sex symbol? Is that... Would that have been better? Well, you got, you got a bit of a moustache thing going here. Maybe, maybe it would do oh, yeah. that. Maybe it'd work. <laughs> in context. I can't believe you grew a porn moustache just for this review, Tim. Um, oh, don't act like it ain't the best seat in town. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone. This is a horror movie podcast. We get together and we talk about a horror movie. It's quite that simple. Uh, <laughs> coming up on today's show, we will be talking about X, the new Ty West movie. Well, it's, mm-hmm. well, it's, it's still kind of new. <laughs> it's still playing in theaters. Yeah. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm saying that because it's been two weeks since I've seen it. So if my minutia, like, you know, if some of the minutia has faded in my mind, I'm going to have to count on Tim, oh dear, <laughs> to keep me right. But uh, I'll help you out, Grandpa. Your, your old yeah, man yeah, brain yeah. can't remember something from two weeks ago. Again, I'm younger than you are. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So... Yes. Now, I saw a couple of weeks ago, Tim has been very busy. He's, Tim still has a hard time getting to the theatre. At a moment's notice, got a lot of stuff going on. There's a baby. It's stuff a little like tough. That. I, I had some family visiting, and me and my brother really wanted to go to the movies, and we kept saying, like, every night, it was like, oh, maybe, like, tonight after <laughs> you know, we put uh, Wyatt to bed, we'll go see a movie. And then, uh, sure enough, every night, you're just uh, completely exhausted, and <laughs> it doesn't happen. But... Um, yeah, I, I was determined though. I was, I mean, I, I've been really wanting to go to the movies and, uh, thank God they finally put out a movie that's under two hours that I can finally be like, <laughs> all right, this is, yeah, I can probably, uh, schlep my way on down uh, to the theater. Yeah. Um, Cause we, we'd recorded in advance for, cause we knew you were going to be busy for the back half of the month. So we, we had gotten ahead on recordings. So no, nothing's late episode wise, but Tim was just determined to see it before it was time to record the next episode so that we could yeah. talk about X. <laughs> so alas, here we are because it's in the theaters, uh, I get an easy episode and I don't have to edit this cause I can't get clips. So, <laughs> so this is just a straight podcast format this time. Well, uh, I mean, we could do reenactments if you want. Uh, <laughs> what scenes would you like to reenact, Timmy? Uh, I think you know <laughs> which ones. <laughs> and who's playing who? That's the real question. <laughs> so yes, uh, we'll start spoiler-free, of course, as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we go into the spoilers. But X is the new Ty West film. It's set in Texas. It's 1979. Uh, obviously, it's kind of a slashery movie set in Texas. In the 70s, it's hard not to immediately think, wait, is this not a little Texas Chainsaw Massacre? And it's definitely aware of those comparisons. And there's, I mean, hell, the, the characters even travel to their destination in a van. It's not unlike the van in Texas Chainsaw. There's a, there's a lot of parallels to be drawn. But the premise of the film is that the group of characters are going to this farm house to shoot a porno and there's and a lot if, of you know for listeners that don't know can you explain what a porno is uh pornographic material tim uh for for those who don't know <laughs> is is explicit ex, explicit explicit <laughs> sexual interaction and intercourse caught on camera for the titillation of the viewer who may or may not pleasure themselves to the footage they are watching as long as you're at home <laughs> don't do it in the theater 
you know uh some people have gotten in trouble for that that is true that you say that but i mean porn in, in this era was probably mostly in like skeevy pervy theaters oh yeah I think they, they actually even mentioned that uh, at one point in the movie. He yeah, says, like, oh, I think the home video market's really going to take off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm sure, I'm sure uh, the, the, the porn audience ejaculated mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. when, when home video became a thing. I was going to say exploded, <laughs> but I thought it'd be funnier to make a sex. Yeah. <laughs> there may be a lot of sex jokes this episode, guys. I'm going to warn you right now. <laughs> We're both a little randy. It's all right. <laughs> a little bit a little bit uh yeah so you know that, that's the the premise and obviously while they're shooting this uh you've got like, sort of the elderly couple who are renting out their like sort of like guest house to the to this group and they don't know they're shooting a porno uh so there's some tension there but obviously eventually the characters start being killed off and we'll get into all that juicy stuff when we get into spoilers so uh yeah we'll get into it uh I'll go through the cast list in a, in a bit in a minute, but I think we'll get the general impressions out of the way first. Tim, what did you think yep. of X? And did <laughs> X give it to you? Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I was really excited about this, and um, one of the reasons why I, you know, because, uh, you know, there had been other stuff in theaters that we wanted to do and hadn't really gone around to, but one of the reasons why I really... Uh, wanted to make a special trip out for this one is because uh, you know, I've been hearing a lot of good things and um, it, it's kind of interesting. I don't I, I want to say that like I'm a pretty big Ty West fan, but uh, in actuality, I'm probably just like a huge House of the Devil fan. Like I, you know, that's a movie that uh, I really liked when it first came out and it just kind of keeps creeping up and up like on my you know list of favorites, which it, it might even be in like my top 10 horror at, at this point. I watch it every year uh in october and i just think it's a just a masterpiece like a flawless uh horror movie um and i've seen all of ty west movies after that and i i I don't really hate them but like just nothing has nothing has been as much of a home run uh you know or or something that i've loved uh since house of the devil so I've, i've really wanted him to just you know come back with like you know another big hit uh, and I've been hearing a lot of good things about this, uh, so I was really excited to see it, and I knew pretty much nothing about it going in, so that felt really good to be surprised by a, a lot of stuff. I don't even think I actually watched a, a trailer. Um, basically, all I knew was like the general premise of it. Oh, it's, yeah, people shooting on porno in Texas, and you know, something happens, uh, I assume. Uh, so yeah, I, I ended up seeing it a Saturday night at a, a 10-15 show, which is uh, dangerous since I'm an old man um anything past like 10 o'clock you run the the danger of uh falling asleep but um i absolutely loved love love uh this movie my i there's there no fear of me like falling asleep i uh because i just was glued to my seat uh, the whole time i think it's um I, I think you were it's... glued to your seat. Was there a sticky white substance on your seat, Tommy? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, the uh, I, 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 yeah, I just, um, yeah, I, I have a, a lot <laughs> uh, that I want to say about this, but I was just really uh, giddy with, uh, with how great uh, this turned out. I think it's uh, an absolutely beautiful movie uh i mean one of the things like i love so much about house of the devil is it just it has such a great look to it it feels like it's like 
um lost movie right out of the 70s and while like i never felt like this movie was made in the 70s like i do love like the you know general look of you know the characters and the you know just like uh, even the small scenes in the beginning like when they're just you know going to these like kind of small like convenience stores and gas stations and stuff uh, I, I think it absolutely looks great whenever there's like gore it's handled really well and i just think ty west uh is really good at just making you feel so like unnerved and uncomfortable he has these like kind of long slow patient shots uh that you know sometimes it'll be nothing or like the characters aren't you know realizing that something's about to happen or is going to happen but you know that there's something off that there's something like weird or disturbing that's about to happen and just fills you with so much tension and dread and the horror stuff really doesn't like kick in until pretty late in this movie but i i feel like there's so many like instances where you just know something is off um or like something weird is gonna happen it really keeps you on the edge of your seat and uh, i love the characters in this i think everyone was you know the performances were all great the characters were really interesting and charming and um you know it's one of those uh, horror movies where you actually care <laughs> like about the characters and uh like you know they're not just fodder to you know you know give way to some cool kills or some like crazy maniac they're like oh i can't wait to see how this person's gonna die it's like no i generally like these characters and you know uh, kind of want to see what happens to them um and then there's uh some interesting stuff that i feel like they kind of subvert with the usual horror tropes but i can't really get into that without you know till we talk about the spoilers and stuff and uh, it's kind of hard because even like you know stuff i want to say about like uh, i guess the villains and stuff in this movie but um you know even yeah you know, it that's uh, really hard to talk about any of that stuff without spoiling it. Um, but I mean, suffice it to say, the movie looked great. It sounded great. Um, you know, all the characters were great. The uh, I'll try not to say great again. Uh, the you know, I thought, and uh, you know, unlike House of the Devil, which I think is like, um, you know, it I, I love it. And it has like kind of a consistent tone throughout the movie, and it's like, you know, it's kind of like serious and stuff. But uh, this actually thought had like a lot of moments of like levity and like there were jokes and stuff that um actually worked they're not like you know annoying cringy stuff that takes you out of the movie like you know the characters would say funny things or like a funny thing would uh pop up or happen and then there's so many good like instances uh where you know something that happens that just like really like disturb you or weird you out but uh yeah i mean i was absolutely uh in love with this picture i thought it was great i i had a blast in love with this picture what are you hey <laughs> <laughs> i really like this picture <laughs> yeah this uh this talkie uh was uh was quite swell i guess <laughs> well that was uh that was a long monologue Tim, i'm not gonna lie uh <laughs> hey, you asked me what what i thought <laughs> sometimes it's like you're worried we're not going to talk about some of the details and you just like, I have to get through everything I care about in one, in one breath just in case hey you never know my computer could crap out and you could say well let's just put this out as the episode <laughs> oh just a short five minute segment <laughs> yeah um, yeah I like the movie a lot I, if, if anything yeah. the, the only th the only negative thing I'll really say about my reaction to the movie is that it might have been just slightly overhyped because people were sure. so hyped up. They were so in love with it before I saw it that I was expecting to be blown away. Don't make any jokes. I know you know what you're thinking. Don't, don't say it. Uh, I was expected to be blown away and I would say that I was 
constantly engrossed in the filmmaking. I think the biggest star of this film is the cinematography. It is Absolutely. the pacing of the shots. It is all that stuff. I do think the characters are memorable, uh, if not largely likable. And because of that, yeah, it does kind of stick out from a lot of other horror movies because of that. Um, I'm not sure if it necessarily looks as authentically made in the 70s as House of the Devil does, right. but it definitely has like a pacing to its editing that feels more old school and was very refreshing because of that. I mean, the opening shot of the movie is a very long, slow track-in shot, and we'll talk about what's <laughs> in the shot uh, when we get to spoilers, but that's how the movie opens. And then there's just there's lots of things where it's just it's not afraid to take its time to linger on a moment. It'll do like a lot of a scene in a single shot when it's called for, and I really appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, and the, I like how like part of the you have the the one character the like um like writer director R J who his whole thing is that he wants to make like a classy porno like you know he keeps talking about the French New Wave and how he's gonna make it like avant garde and you can kind of see that I feel like you know the that's almost kind of like what Ty West is trying to do with the movie like you know he's not trying to make like a sleazy horror picture like he wants something like a little more avant garde so you get kind of like these quick cutaways and you know these like really fancy shots that I think you know There's really a... make. There's a really specific thing it does a few times in the movie where it transitions mm-hmm. from one scene to another by cutting back and forth for yeah. a little bit. I mean, I mean, that probably sounds a bit weird to say. What what I mean is is that it'll cut ahead in time to the next scene, but it'll mm-hmm. actually kind of like cut back to the previous scene for a couple of times as it's transitioning, and it's yeah, it it's really hard to explain. Is it like it makes sense <laughs> when you see it? And right, you understand right. I, what I know it's exactly doing. what you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah. But it, um, it's, it's very, it feels, it does feel a bit arty when it does things like that. And I have no complaints. But at the same time, it does feel quite sleazy in the ways that it's supposed exactly. to feel yes. quite sleazy. So, uh, it, yeah, it, it does a good job of tackling its subject and kind of subverting some of the, the ideas and character roles and even gender roles that you 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 might assume are going to happen you might assume is going to happen or even the fact that you might be thinking it's going to go a certain way because it's so much like a texas chainsaw massacre and it's set up but it does other things with it um you know there there is i think the only critique of the movie itself that i might give when we get into spoilers is i've got a kind of a like a it's kind of a catch-22 with the villains a little bit (laughs) Oh, okay. A little catch twenty two. There's something that yeah. I like that it does with the villains, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it kind of hurts in the context of horror movie villains. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll get into that when we can talk talk details. But that would be the only yeah. like actual critique I would have, pretty much, because everything yeah. else, like it sets up like five or six main characters that are all very memorable. Um, I'm not good with names. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not counting names here. I'm talking about I remember their personalities, and I always remembered yeah. who they were to the point where it started to make sense when they'd make certain decisions or when they would do certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of the characters felt expendable in a way where it was just kind of obvious, like you said, they're not just fodder to be killed at various points. But I think that's that's part of the reason why something else you said is the case, which is why the horror stuff, quote unquote, doesn't kick in really until like two well maybe two thirds is a bit of a stretch but quite late into the movie compa- compared to like a slasher movie where you have to make sure you've got a kill like every 15 minutes just to keep the audience entertained this doesn't yeah. do that you know it it, it keep, takes its time builds things up 
And the result of that is that you've spent enough time with the characters building up who they are that it means something when they're in danger a little bit later. So yeah, definitely. Like, I, I was talking to someone who was kind of, you know, they, they liked it, but they're kind of saying, like, yeah, the first half is kind of slow. And I was like, oh, are you kidding? Like, I was so engrossed. Like, because uh, again, like you're saying, like, the cinematography is so beautiful that, like, yeah, even if, you know, not a lot of horror stuff is happening, like, it's still the movie looks so good. And, you know, the characters are so charming and likable that I have no problem at all spending time with them. And then, like, even though, yeah, like, people aren't getting killed early on, but there is still, like, you know weird stuff that's happening and even like little stuff when you know like early on when they're driving and they pass like you know a truck that like you know uh ran over a cow like you know there's still like kind of like gross horror stuff that like you know that like you never really forget that like you're in a horror movie you know oh yeah no that's something i would say is that while we're saying the horror stuff doesn't kick in till a certain point in the movie all we really mean by that is the characters directly being targeted for killings what it never doesn't feel like you're in a horror movie although you know it does start off with like a, a scene that's set after most of the movie right it right. does that thing where it you know it's, it gives you a little bit from the ending and then cuts back to the start of the story and that's a bit of a trope and tv shows especially overuse it like every tv show has an episode that does that but i think in this case i understand the purpose of it because i think ty west wanted to set a horror movie tone and that opening gives you this sinister <laughs> macabre tone that's like something bad is going to happen is it it's very intentionally setting a scene because if you didn't do that if you if you just cut straight to the introduction of the characters leaving the strip club mm-hmm. you you might not necessarily have that feeling of i'm in mean, a horror movie right away you, you mm-hmm. might be going oh it's like a sex comedy or something mm-hmm. but because you start off with that that scene from later on it kind of sets you up for like no no there's something they're they're, they're, they're they're spiraling towards something here and yeah. you, you have that feeling the whole time yeah you know it's going to be a, a bad time and uh and i'm sure you're probably uh pretty giddy with that opening the way it's like framed because it kind of it almost looks like it's um like I, I don't know you'll probably know like the specific aspect ratios or something but like the What's way they kind of have... you're talking about aspect <laughs> ratios <laughs> i mean i'm sure you can uh yeah probably describe it better than me if if uh you know it's been a while so you might not remember that specifically but it kind of like starts off with it almost looks like it, it's like a square picture and it almost kind of looks like um, what you would think what like the camera uh frame that they're using would be but then it's actually like part of the the house like the hallways are kind of just like so dark that you know makes it looks like it, it's a different uh like aspect ratio or whatever but uh, that was cool. well, what time's what trying to say is that it looks four by three, uh, mm-hmm. but then you realize that the black at the sides of the, the screen are actually just the the inside doors of, I think it's the barn that the camera's looking through. And then it reveals and goes wider into the, and it's it's not, it's actually only 185 to one. It's not the, the most movies these days are 235 to one or 2481, mm-hmm. uh, depending on your preference. Uh, what's interesting though is that when they're shooting the porn later, they are shooting that in four by three. Like that's the ratio yeah. that the porn's been shot in. Whenever it cuts to the POV of the the camera, uh, that that's what they're shooting in. So there is kind of like a, a I don't know I call it foreshadowing, but there there is four by three in the movie. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I like those like kind of little touches and and stuff when yeah, like you're seeing like uh through the camera. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a very well, you know, made, uh, put together movies, lots of nice little touches like that. I'm sure there's even more things that I, I didn't, you know, pick up on. Um, 
but I, uh, I, I had another thought, but now but I lost it. <laughs> so you can say the next thing. <laughs> say the next thing. Like I've got an itinerary like written down in front of me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, to, I, I would just say it's a really good movie that uh, has unique interest and ideas. It feels like a movie that a director made because they they were passionate about something. Uh, I said we were going to talk about the cast. You know, we got Mia Goth uh, as Maxine. You have Jenny Ortega, who was just in Stream 5, so she's like instantly like a Stream Queen, just because she's in yeah. two of these back-to-back. <laughs> uh, Brittany Snow's in there, uh, who most people probably know from the Pitch Perfect movies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't need to include you, Tim. I was, I was just, just for, for the people. That's true, horror fans know her from Prom Night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I assume you mean the remake. <laughs> of course, yeah. Duh. No, I meant my prom. I took her. <laughs> um, yeah, so she plays uh, Bobby Lynn, who's uh, who mm. I've been seeing online is kind of like a... who's become the fan favorite. Like People seem to really love her character. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, you got Jackson, uh, played by Kid Cudi, who I don't know who that is, but it sounds like someone that people know. He's a he, so I I don't really know his music, but I guess he he's like a rapper. Um, funnily enough, I honestly I didn't recognize him in the movie, but I know him from he was on um he was like the band leader for uh the show comedy Bang Bang, which you I'm assuming you probably don't know, but it's like a it was like a you know a small like sketch show based on a you know really popular like alt comedy podcast. So. Uh, so I'd actually seen him in quite a number of episodes on that, but I did not recognize him at all uh, in this movie. Uh, actually, later when I saw that him, it was him, I was like, "Oh, holy crap!" I, I did not recognize him at all. Well, he does have the uh, the the mustache and the the hair yeah. here, which I you know is just for the movie because he's got the seventies sort of thing going on. Yeah, uh, and then I don't know. I've never heard of Martin Henderson who plays Wayne, but he, you know what? I'm going. This, the saddest thing, and this is not meant as an insult. But all I could think with this guy, and this is the producer who's in charge of the whole thing, who's arranged the whole trip, is all I could think was, he, well, Matthew McConaughey wasn't willing to do this little horror movie, so they got <laughs> this guy instead, because he's yeah. very Matthew McConaughey in a lot of ways. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I definitely got that vibe from him. Uh, the The cast is so great, and I, I do wonder if like having a maybe a more recognizable cast, if, if that might distract a little bit from it. Like, I love that everyone is like, kind of a name like you know they're people that have been in stuff before but they're also not like you know super well, big distracting yeah, they're not, they're not you know. huge but like mia goth like people know from like one or two movies i think jenny ortega the only reason anyone knows who she is really is because she was just in stream five i think like yeah. I, I mean at least to a horror crowd like i, I don't know if she was in like mm. some disney channel thing or something um <laughs> They always she, are. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, we we actually sh- maybe could have recognized her from Babysitter Two from Killer Queen. Oh, okay, okay. I can't remember, but I'm going to assume that she was kind of like the badass love interest who was introduced in the second one. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's just a guess based on like not being able to remember it that well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, and she was also the vice president's daughter in Iron Man Three, but she was probably like ten or something. <laughs> <in that. laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, but tannish, yeah. She's like 18, I think, just now. Yeah, uh, I, I remember what I was going to say uh, before, so we'll circle back to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tommy. Take it I know, I was just going to say, I like that the, 
like uh like the movie is like kind of meta in that it's like you know it's a movie about making movies which you know obviously it's a porno movie which is very different you know than well i mean is it so different than most movies uh that we watch like um you know i mean horror movies do usually have like you know a um like a like a strong relationship you know with sex uh i i feel like so um yeah, I, I feel I like that kind of aspect to it that, you know, I, I always kind of enjoy movies about making movies. Uh, and, you know, I, I feel like there's probably like a lot that the, you know, uh, director probably has to say. Like, I, I mean, I'm speaking out of line here, but I don't know. Yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, there's stuff in here that like relates to like their own struggles with, you know, trying to get stuff made and how they feel about movies and stuff. Uh, I, I'm sure you probably like... <laughs> Uh, related to some of the stuff like the uh, like the director and stuff was saying like at one point they referenced like Psycho and everything <laughs> sure uh, or even just the idea that they're going to ask for forgiveness later rather than permission just now yes. uh, <laughs> anyone who's ever made a student film will know that <laughs> know that oh, yeah. mantra that feeling <laughs> that actually that's a good point like that does remind me of like stuff like you know I've made like videos and stuff with my friends where like you know you just pull up somewhere and it's just like alright come on like roll now before like anyone sees us like <laughs> yeah, before before anyone calls the authorities because <laughs> <Yeah>. we're trespassing <laughs> yeah if they ever do a sequel maybe like we could star like where we rent out a house somewhere to record a podcast and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're going to have quite the same appeal as like here's all these actresses who are making a porno versus us making a podcast they may not have the same uh... it can be a sexy podcast <laughs> mm. yeah and of course you know the, the big thing we've not really spoken about yet is the movie does have like some pretty heavy themes and it's mm. about youth. It's about not wasting your youth. It's about mm. obviously the movie's called X, and part of that is you know having that that X factor, right? That's kind of what it what mm. it's talking about. Obviously, it's, there's a bit of a double triple meaning because X is used as the rating for for porn movies mm. uh, and for movies that don't get a rating or are banned because they're too violent or grotesque or whatever. Yeah, things Plus, like I that. I don't know if you caught this, but they're all mutants. I don't know if you... It's I, subtle, but... I didn't notice that, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is an X-Men movie, is what you're telling yeah. me. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a prequel. The The sequel is X2, X-Men United. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. That may be the dumbest joke that's uttered during the course of this show. <laughs> Not in the show's history, just this episode. Let me be that clear, because Tim's had some dumb sure, jokes sure. in the past. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, another one's denying that. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, because it's you know it is rich in themes, and by the time it got to its third act and it was doing a lot of things with its its final characters, you really felt those themes sort of continuously being deepened by each new layer. Because I, I think some horror movies will have like a theme, right? They'll have like a sort of a subtext that is introduced with just what the premise of the movie is. And this isn't even just horror. This is uh, this is going to be weird, but I'm going to compare it a little bit to Seeing Red, right? Which is the Pixar movie that just came out. Uh, turning Red. Sorry, t- Turning Red. Yes, not Seeing Red. Turning Red, which is the movie about the thirty year old girl, and the whole thing is like a metaphor for her going through. That's puberty. the one that you famously said you couldn't relate to, right? That was not me. That was some <laughs> asshole writer for a website. Uh, I found it very relatable, in fact. But it was a really Indeed, good movie. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, but the, but the whole I like thing. 
the whole thing was a metaphor that whenever she was like you know going to get the the, the red face from like getting her period mm-hmm. or whatever she turned into this fluffy red bear <laughs> instead mm-hmm. and you know so it's all a bit of a metaphor but as the movie went on it didn't just stop there like everything it added in about the mother feeling weird about what her daughter was going through and try to control mm-hmm. her life the daughter finally lashing out at her parents how she feels about boys like every, everything it was doing and everything it was sort of like bringing in different family members it kept taking the what the initial metaphor was and adding more layers to it so it worked on multiple levels and it wasn't just the, the, the thing it started with i feel mm-hmm. like x is kind of the same thing where as it goes on and it starts to talk more about uh someone having this x factor and the freedom to do things like uh be in porn versus you because know, the movie does keep cutting back to this like uh like we're not cutting back but like every so often we'll see it playing on a tv somewhere there's like a pastor like talking okay. about the dangers of like all these like unchristian people out there and like pornography and you know heavy metal music and all these things <laughs> the devil is coming for us all it's this it's infected our communities you know this southern podcast <laughs> podcast yes <laughs> so you know, you've got that going and you've got all these like themes going and, and as it as it continued into the, the third act of the movie i felt some of the themes getting just more intricate in what they were saying and what they were doing and things were adding to what the, the messaging was as opposed to oh we've got a sort of basic message but now it's just an excuse to have some kills and just yeah <laughs> you know, go from there uh, which, which isn't it's a bad i like lots of movies that don't have any messaging they don't have anything <laughs> <laughs> but i'm complimenting this one because it does feel like it actually has something to kind of say it does kind of feel like a love letter to this is funny i'm going to say this because rob zombie has been trying desperately his entire career to do this but it feels like a, a genuine authentic love letter to exploitation cinema of the 70s um and Absolutely, i yeah. and i and i can't claim to like uh think of this last part i read this last part because i wouldn't have ever thought of this but uh the idea being that this was also the time period what part of the reason why it may have been set in 79 instead of just say 75 or whatever is because this is right before uh like the the reagan era and like u.s politics and Mm -hmm. uh, kind of like the the moral majority took over for a while and we kind of went into a different era after this this was kind of the end Mm -hmm. of like the freedom era if you will uh of exploitation of sex and and movies and all that sort of stuff um and you you do feel that i feel i mean obviously there's horror movies and stuff and there's a lot of good horror movies in the 80s but i i think generally speaking independent cinema and like the edginess of it definitely felt a lot grittier in the 70s it felt a lot more wild absolutely yeah yeah uh so yeah there's a lot and i think this kind of relates in many ways to like you know the current climate like i I think you can look at this and sort of talk about the movie's politics and about all the things it's talking about Mm. and then just think about some of the debates that happen today and about some of the things some of the some of the freedoms that are trying to be either taken away or some of the uh more conservative ideas that are maybe you know rampant and we won't get into it because it'll it'll just turn into a political discussion but i think this movie in many ways is sort of saying like that you know we're in a bit of a cycle and we're kind of you know this is kind of yeah, so I, there's, a lot, there's a lot here it's, going on, I think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I think it's you know a very smart movie. It has a lot to say. Um, I, I I'm actually this is one I'm like really excited for. Um, 
for whenever it comes out on Blu-ray because I'll definitely you know be scooping it up and uh, you know watching it again. But yeah, I really really uh, enjoyed it again. And uh, you know, and the, one thing I, I mean, surprisingly enough, you know, like one thing we haven't really talked about uh, because yeah, there's just so much other stuff to talk about the movie. But you know, the horror itself, like you know once it does start happening i think that is also handled really well like i you know there's a lot of like gore and blood in it that i you yeah. know i liked a lot like uh, i you know, i thought the kills were pretty varied and you know each one was fun um you know in, in its own way and you know there are some scenes that like you know like really got to me that i was like ooh, ugh, like uh, i don't like that and then um again there's like some stuff that was like just really um you know uh like planned just really well like you know, scenes where, like, you know, you'll see someone walking towards something, uh, and it's just like, oh, okay, you know that that's gonna happen, or, uh, you know, like, you're just getting, like, you know, geared up for, you know, like, you're starting to feel uneasy because, you know, like, something's wrong or something is about to happen, and, uh, yeah, and then it also had, like, some, uh, like, you know, genuine kind of, like, you know, uh, parts that are, like, gory and violent, but also, like, in kind of a funny way, um, yeah, there's some, there there's some surprising stuff. I will say, there, mm-hmm. there's, there's actually one kill that I thought was lame at first, and then mm-hmm. it went back to it after a cutaway, which was kind of weird, but it kind of worked in the context of the scene, and it was actually when it cut back to it and we saw more of the aftermath that it became kind of a good kill to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if you know what, what I'm talking about just from that, but... <laughs> um, not, not off the top of my head, but I will... Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll get into it. Um, but yeah, it is... Uh, my theater uh, wasn't like super packed like it was like movie's been out for like a, you know like a week or two at this point and then it was like 10 o'clock on a, a saturday night so uh you know i, I mean i was glad because uh you know I, i'm vaccinated and everything but like I, i'm still like a little iffy about going to super crowded uh things which is why i'll probably never see like a comp movie in the theaters again because <laughs> it always uh, sold out and packed and... yeah <laughs> unless it's morbius morbius is probably the only one i feel safe at oh don't go um... see morbius no tim go on <laughs> don't do it and for anyone who's heard tim say we're going to review morbius we are not i mean i i guess we don't do horror movies anymore because <laughs> but... <laughs> but come on it's not it, it's oh, come on like don't get me wrong i'm not saying that there's not some movies we've done that are just as borderline but come on, Morbius is not a, a must talked about horror movie. Uh, but uh, I mean, I, I digress. Uh, but there, I was, but it was nice because there was like a few people in the theater. Like there's probably like at least ten of us or so. Uh, and, and I think it's a fun movie to see in theaters. Like you know, there was there was times like you know we had like little collective laughs or gasps or whatever. So you know, uh, although someone did start hiccuping at the start of the movie, and I was like, oh, I hope they're not gonna hiccup the whole movie. But luckily they didn't. Thank goodness. <laughs> Just getting flashbacks to Connor. Uh yeah. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, we're weird tidbit in my showing actually. Uh it's not a big deal, but the subtitles for hard of hearing were on. <laughs> oh, interesting. It was okay. really weird. It's like it, it took me a second to notice because I was like, oh wait, the subtitles playing. And it was bizarre because I double checked afterward. It didn't bother me that much. I was like, oh whatever, if this is the show and I'm yeah. asked, whatever. Uh, no big deal but when i afterwards i was curious like did it say like when i bought my ticket like it was obviously you know, this is the subtitled showing and it didn't 
And what's really weird about it as well is that I was the only one in the theater. So, <laughs> so like, it's not like someone else yeah, like, it's, it's asked like, for it. It's not like there was someone else, yeah, who said, hey, can you turn the subtitles on? Uh, <laughs> part of me was like, yeah, I don't want to miss out the movie, but I, I, I probably could just say, hey, can you turn the subtitles off, please? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one here. It's not like anyone else is needing them. But uh, no, big, no big deal. Um, never happened to me before, though. I, I've, That's uh, interesting. Yeah, I don't think I, I've seen that. I, th- I think my theory is is that the last showing the previous day was a subtitle showing and they just like they just never turned them off like it was the, the, the toggle was just still on and yeah so there it was uh so yeah weird tidbit i watched the movie subtitled <laughs> which is you I mean you stop noticing them after a couple of minutes you don't even really you know, right, yeah they sort of blend into the screen but well i'm yeah. sure it helped you understand those wacky american accents <laughs> Uh, I mean, to be fair, the the, the old couple, uh, the old man especially, did some, sometimes grumble or oh, mumble sure, yeah, a little yeah. bit. He had that <laughs> thick southern Texas kind of drawl yeah. thing going on. Uh, some of the words bled together a little, but that's what it is. You, you, you get enough of it. You understand enough from the words you do catch. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of anything else we should talk about before we jump into spoilers. If there's anything else. Probably not. Probably not. I think everything's been said that can be said. So I will give the sp- <laughs> spoiler warning for X from here on out. You've been warned. So yeah, yeah. Opening scene, that opening shot, that slow track into the the farmhouse, uh, and there's you know a bit of blood here or there. There's like a sheet over someone's body, and it's just eventually you know the sheriff arrives and is just sort of slowly walking and. Sure, there's something about really good sound design where there's just there's something so satisfying and, and just mood setting is like someone's footsteps walking around as they're checking out like a quiet crime scene like you're just oh, sure, like yeah. hearing the footsteps on the gravel and then on the wood of the porch and then in the 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 wooden floors of the house especially yeah like especially a setting like this where it, yeah it has like you know you expect everything around there to make a sound like you know that you know gravelly ground and those like kind of creaky wooden steps and everything like yeah yeah uh, <laughs> and there were cicadas chirping because like i said subtitles were on the first thing that came out said cicadas chirping <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh <laughs> thank you subtitles uh so yeah, they, they, they just kind of tease. He goes out of the basement and he sees something really horrific in the basement we don't get we don't get to see it but we see his reaction and that's when it like goes to the uh the opening titles i think from there if there was opening titles, I can't remember. It's been two weeks, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, th- I think like I I don't think there's like big opening titles or something, but it might just I forget if it does the the title of the movie or not. But mm-hmm. I know at, it uh if it does, then after that I know it goes like twenty four hours earlier and then cuts to the uh you know burlesque uh, club or whatever. Yeah, our interest to our characters. We uh, three of the characters at least were introduced to Maxine. Played by Mia Garth, who's got the X Factor. Uh, as yeah, I don't think he uses the word X in this scene, but like you know, and and walks uh, Wayne, who says something that kind of makes that statement clear. Uh, she is a porn star who is a coke fiend and is snorting cocaine mm-hmm. throughout a lot of this movie. Um, <laughs> we're introduced to uh, Bobby Lynn, who's outside. She kind of presents herself as sort of the ditzy, uh, you know, the the the, the ditzy porn star. But I, I think part of the, the beauty of her character is is that she's 
actually much smarter than she kind of lets on. Like it's kind okay. of an act where she's kind of ahead of the game in a lot of scenes in the movie. Um, so we're interested to her, and then they go and pick up uh, our sort of director cameraman dude, um, RJ. And he has got the long hair, he's got the glasses, um, and then his girlfriend, who's there to help him by recording the sound, uh, Lorraine, who is Jenny Ortega's character. So we're interested in all that. And clearly, Lorraine here, Jenny Ortega, had no idea what type of movie they were making. Like, they all start yeah. talking in the van about what they're going to be doing. And, like, it's when they stop to get some fuel that she's like, hey, like, are you okay with, the, like, what are we doing here? It's like, we have to start somewhere, Lorraine, okay? We have to start somewhere, right? Uh, you can do really awful porn films now, okay? Um, yeah. Yeah, like, I love, like, uh, RJ's this, like, you know, very... Because, you know, like, when you, when you think of porno, like, you know, most... And they even kind of talk about in this movie, like, yeah, all people want to see are, like, tits and ass or, you know, whatever. But, like, I, I just, like, RJ is like this, like, no, but, like, we can do it better now. Like, we can make it classy. Like, this is going to be, like, the first, like, avant-garde, like, classy, you know, porn film. Uh, and I love, like, his kind of, I don't know, just, uh, what do you call it, like, uh, just his dreams <laughs> of, like, yeah, doing something, and, like, you know, beyond their reach. And what's really funny about it, too, is, like, once you see, like, you know, the scenes and stuff that they're shooting, it's, like, it doesn't really seem like anything about this is any different than, like, what you would see at a normal porn or something. I think he just, he gets to frame it, he gets to edit it, that's all he cares about. Yeah. You know, that's all he's really talking about. Oh, the thing that's kind of like funny about that though is like, um, you know, and, and I don't know if this was maybe something that you know they did consciously, but like, I, I feel like there are like definitely like horror directors and stuff that like got their start and like doing like porn stuff or sleazy stuff. Like, I don't know, I, I could be wrong, but I think like Wes Craven and, and maybe like Sean Cunningham did like, I, I don't know if like straight up like porn stuff, but I think they did like some you know kind of like seedier, nastier stuff, <laughs> you know, before they. No, kind I of think like that, did their bigger horror things. I, I think that's right. It's um, I mean, yeah, it could be a reference to the past, but I, I think I think just in general, you you get this character here who clearly has aspirations that go beyond what he's been asked to do here. But he sees this as his opportunity to be like the the one who knows what he's talking about in the room. Like you know, he gets to be the one in the room who's like, no, I know how this is done. I'm a filmmaker, unlike you, yeah. credence, <laughs> right? So he he thinks he's a bit of a big shot, and in, in this context um and you know sh- sure enough like and this is one of the examples i talked about with uh bobby lynn is she says something really ditzy like wait you don't have to shoot it in order like you know she's this she asks something yeah. kind of silly like that <laughs> and he has to kind of explain editing to her but then when he gets to they go you get a shot when they're uh putting fuel in the, the the van and she's the one who says hey if you shoot it from this angle it'll look kind of phallic <laughs> like he's like like the uh the pumps his dick yeah. and it's like that's actually quite a smart idea you know for for someone who didn't understand yeah. or at least claimed to not understand the concept of editing like a minute ago <laughs> like is already like coming out with like good ideas so you know yeah and like you also like i don't know if you you get the idea too that she she's seems like you know like she doesn't look like she's like old at all like you know like she's probably just like in her 30s or whatever but like in that industry or whatever that's probably like ancient but like, you know, you get the sense that she's probably doing, been doing stuff before. So, like, this is probably the first time where, yeah, they are on, like, you know, maybe they've just done, like, other, you know, movies where they literally just shoot in order because they don't want to spend the time editing or whatever. Uh, it's like, 
now that like you know she is actually doing something that is you know trying to be something a little different a little classier um but yeah i like that you know she's game for it and you know is uh throwing ideas and stuff out there um one thing i i really like too is just like it like it, it really doesn't take that long to kind of like figure out who all these characters are like they're all very distinct and like you kind of get their deals like pretty quickly but um I, I, I don't think it's like necessarily a bad thing though because I, I think you want to spend time uh you know with all of them like they all I, I you know I think are pretty charming and have like you know good back and forths and I don't know I just really like the this class uh this cast this class yeah it's very good <laughs> this classy cast <laughs> uh no like I think um because Wayne's very much got obviously he's a very Matthew McConaughey like yeah. looking and sounding character but He's got a bit of that Saul Goodman work ethic thing going on of like, <laughs> you know, being a bit cheeky about how he's doing things and convinced that this is his big break. And he's in a relationship with, with Maxine uh, and sh- she is wanting to have her big break. She- she's kind of the quiet, more enigmatic one. You then have uh, Jay Ortega, who's the quiet, who's, who's actually even more quiet. Like she's quiet. And Maxine even talks about how, Lorraine, uh, she like stares a little bit, and it makes her uncomfortable because she is so quiet and mousy. And uh, Wayne think, keeps keep, uh, Wayne keeps calling her church mouse because she's like yeah. from a more you know typical conservative like family and background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like I, at first I thought that Maxine was gonna have kind of more of a, a role like that. Like it, you know, it, it seemed like you know she might be the character that's like maybe a little bit unsure of this, but like is trying to give it a go. But I think as the movie goes on, you find out. You know, you get to know more about her, and you know, maybe it's because she's doing more and more coke and stuff as it comes on. But she's actually, you know, like quite confident and, you know, pretty like gung ho about uh, yeah, everything that she's doing. Yeah, no, she she is very sure of herself in a way. She's there's obviously a bit of a mystery to her, but she's she's very sure of herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lorraine, on the other hand, like who obviously is uncomfortable to, un- uncomfortable to be there when she learns what they're actually doing, but kind of just puts up with it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously has a bit more of a turn. What's funny though, because she is more your typically final girl, I was kind of expecting, because it kind of felt like it shifted to her for a little bit where it was focusing yeah. more on her in the middle. And I thought, oh, maybe this is setting us up for that. But it started with Maxine. Maxine was the first one that the film introduced us to, which is why naturally you go, she's our, our final girl. She's yeah. the one we're going mm-hmm. to focus on when we get towards the end. So it kind of played with your expectations a little bit there because by, by, by the time we get so far in, we kind of, it's switched over to Lorraine, and then there might be a swerve at that point as to, <laughs> you yeah, know, I, from there. I, yeah, I think it does a really good job of subverting a, a lot of the tropes, because, uh, I mean, we'll get into it, you know, like, later on in the movie, but I think, like, you know, if you're looking at, like, typical horror movie logic with, like, you know, stuff like of the, you know, the, the typical final girl and, like, you know, the the rules, like, yeah, don't do drugs, don't have sex. Like, you know, a lot of that stuff kind of gets flipped around uh, in this movie, which uh, I thought was really fun. Yeah, it's playing with the tropes, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, they get to the farmhouse, and um, Wayne goes up on his own, and the old guy brings out his shotgun, and it's kind of awkward. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, no, you did call. You're right, you're right. He's just kind of old and confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they get taken to the the little guest house that's out uh on on you know it's all you know it's a little bit far away it's it's, it's a good i don't know 30 feet it's like 40 feet from the house yeah it's so, basically like this guy has a farmhouse and then he has like a little 
I, I think they refer to it as a boarding house. Like I'd probably like would have just called like a little guest house or whatever on the property. But yeah, it's like essentially a farm. And then, yeah, with like this little extra house that's not right next to it, but a little, you know, on the same property, obviously. Yeah. And the, um, there's a lot of awkwardness when he's like, you didn't tell him you were bringing others and he's sort of looking around at them and he kind of thinks they're a little bit weird. And there's a little bit of the big 10 kind of like, just a little bit of racism because mm-hmm. he, he says, he asks Wayne if he served and he's like, nah, nah, not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it goes to, to Jackson and Jackson says, no, I did. And he's, he's, he holds up his dog tags and he talks about how he was in, um, I'm assuming it was Vietnam given the time period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the old man kind of questions him on it a little bit, but it's just kind of awkward because he wasn't expecting to have to sort of accept this answer from him. Uh, right. So there's a bit of an awkward moment in there, and he's like, you know, keep it down, keep it, you know, don't, don't be tasteless or anything because my, my my wife's in the house and she's old and sick. So and it, you know, it just it sets some things up. And you've seen, and they, and I think uh, by then you've seen like a a few like a glimpse or two of her kind of like. Just like looking out through the window or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's some moments of her looking out the window. It, it's. And, I think the main thing to note here, though, is just the general feeling of like the lack of acceptance and kind of the clash between mm-hmm. what what you assume is this like old conservative couple in a farmhouse, mm-hmm. and that, you know maybe if they found out what they were actually doing here out in the guest house, like he might bring a shotgun back out <laughs> and <Yeah>. chase them <laughs> off. Like so, it's it's setting up kind of like a tension like premise like a there's there's a a risk involved in what they're doing before we even potentially get to whatever the horror movie part of this horror movie is going to be yeah and also uh, probably important to note too that like they're both like comically old like they like they're not just like you know like a like sometimes you see like a you know a, a movie old person it's like no these are like really just look like they're kind of ready to fall apart and then and it's all like a lot of prosthetics and old age makeup and stuff too like the you know yeah they're, they're <laughs> not actually that old in fact one of the key things that we should now reveal here at mm-hmm. this point is that the old woman is actually also played by mia goth did you know that right away because i didn't even realize it until uh, the credits i didn't notice it was her right away but i noticed it wasn't really an old person and right yeah once yeah. once the movie was about halfway through it just made sense it was her because of what the themes were because because yeah there's a lot of the old women talking about her at her age and saying you know when i was your age this and that and i was like oh this is mia goth this is this is her as well <laughs> because the yeah. whole point is, is this is the same type of person at the in her early 20s where she's got her whole life ahead of her and then at the other end of the spectrum where she's near death and maybe has lots of regrets about who she is and what she's done with her life so it just it made sense that it was her so i just I was like i figure it's probably her yeah I, I didn't recognize her through the makeup though i'm not going to say that <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i mean i just i i just wasn't thinking that hard but then yeah once i i realized i was like oh okay yeah that totally makes a lot of sense <laughs> yeah so yeah, we're just, and there's a lot of stuff here earlier because they start making the movie, and, mm. and it's you know it is what it is. You, you what you think it is? It's kind of like <laughs> slightly comedic sex scenes where RJ is, is sort of directing. Jenny Ortega is looking kind of awkward about it. Uh, there's some funny dialogue, and it's called uh, the Farmer's Daughter, and it's it, it seems like it's literally just about a guy that whose car breaks down yes. uh, near this farm <laughs> and he just has sex with all of the farmer's daughters. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because obviously he has sex with uh, Bobby Lynn first. 
and then it's yeah. like oh she has a sister who is the sister and then that's when uh maxine eventually has a scene while they're shooting the first scene though there's a really great sequence uh where maxine goes out for a swim like there's a little lake uh, oh my on God. the property dude this scene was so freaking good like i was like <laughs> like i was losing my mind like i uh it's just it's so goddamn beautiful and like it's like uh, uh, Ty West, uh, why don't you explain the scene and then we can just <laughs> say <laughs> <Okay>. why it rules. <laughs> so she goes out for a swim, and it's all very like it, it keeps intercutting with the comedy of like the scene that they're shooting before. So it's you know Jackson opens the do- you know knocks on the door, and uh, Brittany Snow is like, oh, we don't have a telephone, but my daddy can probably drive you when he gets back, and then you know like it progresses from there. So you're, it's it's, it's, a, it's a stereotypical porn scene, and as it's cutting back back and forth, like eventually we get to scene where she's wandered out she's found this lake and she strips down and goes into the lake and there's a lot of like overhead shots and there's a lot of like her just floating in the water looking up and kind of like just being at peace and there's nothing around her but at the end of the scene which is the part where i think most people are going to remember Mm. is that there's an alligator who sort of wakes up at the edge of the water there's like there's danger there's like a a presence to be aware of that's going to come after her and there's this beautiful, very long shot of just this bird's eye view of her swimming quite a distance. You know, it's like she's in the middle of the lake and she's swimming back to the, the dock or the pier. And the alligator is like swimming behind her uh, slowly. And it's like it's like a chase, but she, she doesn't know she's been chased by an alligator. Mm-hmm. She's just swimming at a casual speed because she's unaware that she's in danger. And I think it's kind of a metaphor for the whole movie in a lot of ways, where they're, Absolutely. they're out yeah. here shooting this movie and they don't know what the real danger is. And we're in spoilers, so we can just say it's the old couple who are the danger. Right. <laughs> they, they are the thing that they need to be scared of. And they just and most of them die before they know that that's the case. You know, only one or two of them actually live long enough to realize that those are the, the danger element. Yeah, so th- there's so many things I like about this. Uh, first of all, it's just utterly beautiful. Like you said, it's just like this really, you know... Uh, big uh bird's eye view a shot just oh, looking down of her it's silent as well there's no music or anything yeah it's yeah and it's that's one of the it, i don't know ty west is like so strange because like i feel like he I, i'm not sure what happened with these other movies because i actually watched innkeepers um recently because like i was i i was like yeah i kind of want to go back and watch like ty west other movies and it just feels like I don't know if you remember Innkeepers. I forget if we did it on the show, but like, we, it just feels like... Yeah, we haven't done it in the show. I have seen... I haven't seen The Sacrament, but I have seen Innkeepers. And Innkeepers... Yeah. Yeah, it was all right. Like, I remember having an okay it's, time. You know, I mean, the... I think... I, I remember, like, thinking it was okay, and then I was kind of watching it now, and actually it kind of fell below a little bit oh, dear. <laughs> in my view. But, like, it, it just feels like a completely different director, like someone that's really, like, you know relying more on like typical like you know like uh like just generic horror stuff while you watch like something like this or house of the devil and like ty west just is able to like take so many chances and he has no problem like with being patient and just doing a scene like this where you know if you're watching like some stupid hollywood hack do it you know it would be loud and they would keep doing like cgi close-ups of the gator and like like william bell that's our hack how dare you? <laughs> I'm I'm shocked I got his name right. I was I was really pulling out of the deep for that one. Hey, someone's living in your head rent free, my friend. And <laughs> his name is the Bell. Uh, hey, you, saved by the Bell. You 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 know what? You're laughing. 
but the real joke of this is that most of the audience have no idea who I'm talking about, and that make, <laughs> that that is the victory in and of itself. If they don't know who the who we're talking about, then they are not true screams fans. Um, <laughs> Please take away your Patreon money if you are. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> if anything, I, 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 I cherish you as even better fans. Double your Patreon money. <laughs> but yeah, like you can just see how like something like this would just in in the wrong hands, it would just come off as like really cheesy and, and dumb. But um, I, I just like I love just the patience and the beauty of this scene and and what's great at this point too. Uh, in the movie, we really have no idea. Like, yeah, we know, like, the old couple is weird, but honestly, like, I didn't know if they were going to be, like, the actual villains or if there would be, like, some, like, I, I don't know if they would have, like, a weird son or something that, like, mm. you know, you don't know about or who knows what's going to happen. So I honestly um wasn't sure if, you know, uh Ma- Maxine was actually going to get, like, you know, eaten by the gator or not yet. So there was, like, real palpable tension uh in this scene. And like you said, it's so perfect because she doesn't know what's going on and like as the audience you just have like this full head-on view and it's like you know like no one actually screamed in the theater but like you know in my head like i did want to scream like oh my god like <laughs> like swim swim there's something behind you and i don't know it, it was just perfect like the like there's so much stuff that i liked about um you know this movie but like that kind of encap- encapsulates ugh, <laughs> i can't talk um i haven't had dinner yet so uh <laughs> but <laughs> but like this scene is just like absolutely perfect i loved it so much yeah and it also kind of just exemplifies who she is in her life and why she maybe has to go through an experience like this is because she's kind of young and stupid and that doesn't mean to say that she's not doing like the the things she's choosing to do in her life aren't aren't necessarily the wrong choices but she's unaware of like the potential threats to her because uh, it, it's one of the things uh, Wayne, I don't even remember seeing this was in, but Wayne at some point when he's talking about her becoming a big star, he talks about how people are going to look at her and that she might even become a target for people because she is a star and because she's <laughs> the one that's the center of attention. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think uh, I, I didn't even put that together. Like, you know, um, I think when I, when I saw it, but that's like a good little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. And she's unaware of these threats and that's what this scene is with the alligator. And yeah. uh, by the end, you, you know, she's hopefully learned some, some lessons <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah it's, it's interesting so there is a bit of an arc there bizarrely despite the fact that in many ways the film doesn't give you an arc for the things that you would think it would give you an arc for because you think it would be characters i don't know be, be, becoming uh like i don't know i i feel like if you're not going to have the good girl survive which is what a lot of horror movies do they have the the innocent good one and that often works and it can it can work because of what they're saying about the characters in the film but here instead we have this character be the final girl ultimately and a lot of this is about like not a lot of this movie is about perception of sex workers uh or or women in those roles it's about gender roles it's about these things it's about stigma and about breaking free of the people who try to hold you back based on those those and, perceptions. And then I really like that scene where, like at night, when they're all just sitting around just talking about it, and they're all kind of like, you know, laying out, you know, why they do this and how they feel about it. And, um, and yeah, uh, uh, you know, Jenny Ortega's character is, like, asking them, like, these kind of questions. Like, yeah, like, isn't it weird? And, and, and like, you know, like, 
and like if you love someone how can you have like sex with other people and stuff and like i i like how you know like very blunt and honest they are about it and you know it does feel like you know something that you know people would kind of talk about and think about like that day but i like that you know that they're a little bit more yeah like kind of like they bring up like good reasonings for yeah you know, why they do what they do and stuff and it, it like it never really feels like cliche or like i feel like in lesser hands you know they, they would come off more as like caricatures of like you know just sleazy porn people uh, but mm -hmm. they all feel like actual like you know humans and stuff that are okay with you know their bodies and what they're doing and like you know they feel very realized uh, in that aspect yeah i mean when they get into the conversation jenny ortega starts asking these questions because she's like there and she she films helps film two porn scenes by this point mm -hmm. uh, where they've, they've shot <clears throat> the scene with maxine as well which is the really kind of hypnotic one in the barn uh where the old woman's mm -hmm. kind of watching through the window we'll go back and talk about some of the stuff we've glossed over but that was like a nice creepy scene yeah. but we're, we're in this scene and they're having this conversation and she's specifically asking at least to kick off with um because of the thing like uh maxine's complaining that she's staring again and then she starts to ask a question and wayne kind of sticks off her and says see she's just curious just you know what yeah what is it what, what's, 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 what's the question and because like he's in a relationship with maxine he's she says you know isn't it weird watching this other guy jackson have sex with her and he's like oh the cameras are rolling it's different and, and you know and they, they kind of talk about it and they talk about how people kind of like need them and you know they sort of like toast the perverts who go to the porn theaters because they've been paying their salaries for a long time uh but it kind of becomes this interesting scene where jay ortega out of almost nowhere says she wants to do a scene in the movie <laughs> and immediately rj is like what no we can't do that we can't do, we can't do that and this actually got like a pretty big like laugh uh, in the theater because it is it is like very funny, uh, especially because, you know, they're just talking about how like, you know, like how freeing it is and like, no, it's like, you know, it's a job and like, you know, there's a difference between like loving and screwing and stuff. And actually, I think she brings it up like right after the song. <laughs> they do like a, a like kind of like really sweet acoustic song. Oh, yeah. The sentence uh, song. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then uh, like the the comedic timing is just really great because it's just kind of like this little beat you know where like everyone's just having a really nice time and it's like kind of you know everyone's just kind of quiet like in the mood and then out of nowhere she's like i want to be in the movie and then of course like rj's you know reaction which you know again like beforehand he's very you know into it and in free thinking but of course once it like you know is his girlfriend he's just like what <laughs> like i don't well, know it's just it's a this, very good this is the thing i think there's some interesting analysis to have here this scene in this this particular conversation because he obviously immediately starts coming up with reasons he's like oh you can't do that i'd be changing things halfway through yeah. you can't do it for this reason <laughs> he keeps coming up with different reasons and she keeps sort of like being adamant that she wants to do it and then eventually wayne takes him outside and says look you know, I remember being your age. I remember girls that age. If she's got her mind set and something, she's going to do it. So you can either support her on, on it or you can be an asshole about it and she's still going to do it anyway. And yeah. he kind of oversteps a little bit and he says something to the effect of, no, she's a, she's a nice girl. She's not like... And he's about to insult effectively the other two. And <laughs> Wayne, actually being kind of the hero of the movie almost at this point, steps in and says, what, what, what are you going to say about them? Like, how, how effing dare you? And I can't remember yeah. the exact dialogue, but he, he talks him down for it and talks about his prejudice and talks about how he's treating people differently um, and his judgmental attitude here. 
And what I think is interesting about this whole thing, because it is kind of a horror scene where he, he he walks back in, he's handed his camera, and it's like the slow walk to the bedroom where the other two ladies have, have made her up for the scene. And then the sex scene that he's about to shoot, he's about to shoot his girlfriend in this sex scene with this other guy. And it kind of, you know, we, sort of, we don't have to watch it. It kind of fades away. We just see the start of it play out as it goes away. And then, like, there's scenes afterwards where he's literally in the shower just crying in pain. <laughs> and I think what's, what's interesting about analysing this scene, t- to me, because there's, there's very clearly nothing wrong with someone who isn't comfortable with their loved one having sex with someone in any context, right? It's, there's nothing... Mm. No one would think that's weird. The problem with this... And the problem why he comes across as the unlikable one who's the asshole in the scene is because he's never honest about why. He, he, exactly. he Oh, sure, yeah. He, he keeps, you know, throughout the film, he keeps... He lied to her about what they were doing out here, and when she tries to challenge him on it, he acts all hoity-toity about mm. the avant-garde of it, about how it's art, about it's this and that, as if he really believes in it. And then the second it's her suggesting that she be in the movie, and it's him that's affected, his attitude changes completely. And I think he would A, be more likable, but B, it may be a more genuine discussion of, no, this would make me uncomfortable and honestly, it might break my heart to watch you do this. If he had just been honest about it, it would have actually maybe been okay. I mean, one way or the other. Uh, But but, but what happens instead, though, is that he isn't honest about it. He insists on, like, keeping up this, like, facade and doesn't, like, get... so because of that, he he kind of, by refusing to kind of accept who he is and how he feels about something, it results in all the pain that it results in. And so much about this movie is that some of these other characters are confident in who they are and who they're, you know, what, what they feel comfortable doing and what they're free to do and all the rest of it. Honestly, one of the funniest moments in the whole film for me was after, like, RJ goes missing. Obviously, we know he's been killed at this point, but after he goes missing... And the other character, you know, eventually Jenny Ortega wakes up and she can't find him. And then Wayne gets up. And I thought it was hilarious that Wayne was walking about in his little tighty whiteies like, for like the rest <laughs> yeah. of the movie. Uh, but when she says, Do you th- did he leave me? Do you think he left me? And she sort of genuinely kind of like gasps and goes, I would never have done it if I thought I was going to hurt him. I, that made me laugh out loud because I thought, wait, I from the, the impression I got in that scene when they were having the conversation earlier is that she clearly knew why he didn't want her to do it. But she wasn't going to like. She 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 wasn't going to uh, let him away with not saying it. So, but then anyway, oh, sure, yeah. but anyway, never did. So I thought she knew. I I, th- I mean, maybe this is a bit of a cruel thing to say, but I, I thought she was kind of teaching him a lesson in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, oh sure. Yeah, so it really surprised that. me in the moment when she's when she very genuinely went, "Oh, I would never have done it if I thought it would hurt him." <laughs> like, <Yeah>. really? <laughs> You're having that realization now. <laughs> yeah i mean like you know in reality like yeah i mean well i mean people make stupid decisions but like you know in reality you would probably just be like hey can we just go into you know the other room and talk about this as a couple first before we agree to do like anything but yeah it does like feel very fast and stuff and uh, i i can't like i can't help but wonder too if like you know part of this is you know if there's like a, a little bit of a meta angle of like you know or, or if even like you know uh ty west has had like actual experience with this where like you have a very specific vision and then you have like a producer or something that wants to come in and start like changing things up at the last minute and like you know <laughs> you don't want to shoot down their ideas and be like no that's stupid but you have to kind of be like 
oh, okay, yeah, like, uh, we can't do that because, like, this reason or that reason or whatever, and then, like, you know, if they force the, you, the, you to change something about a movie and then, like, you know, you just get resentful about it instead of being able to be like, no, we can't do this because it sucks. I don't want to do it. Like, I, I don't know. It, I can help but think about that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be clear, obviously, even if he was honest about it, about how he felt and why he didn't want to do it, um, it would make him a lot more, like, uh, likeable yeah, and empathetic. Yeah, because you definitely don't like him at that point, yeah. like, once he's but like, like that. But, like, even if he was honest, let me, let me make it clear that it would still be her choice, and she might still right, be right, adamant right. that she wants to do it, and that's, like, a, you know, a different thing at that point. But... Mm. In the moment, though, the way it plays out, <clears throat> the reason why he is the asshole in the scene is because he, and, and, and in general, he's probably, he's probably the most unlikable of the main group because he is kind of, like, lying a lot. Yeah. Like, in a very kind of, like, lying to himself about who he is, or at least lying to others about why he's making decisions or about what he cares about or believes in. Um, right, he's, yeah. he's kind of phony. He's, he's a bit of a phony, I suppose, is maybe the best way to put it. And as a result, when this plays out, it's kind of like... Okay, so you. This is like comeuppance for who you are in in some ways. Yeah. Um. So, and it's maybe it's why he deserved to die first, and, and you know, in, in a sort of meta movie kind of way, maybe that's why he deserved to die first is because he wasn't the one who was honest about who he was to himself. Yeah. So you know, maybe I'm reading into it too much. I don't know, but it was. No, I think that's a that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So I I, I thought that was interesting because none of, none of the characters other characters come across as because there was definitely moments early on where I thought Wayne might oh he might be the sleazy producer <laughs> who's kind of like you know he's doing things on the sly he's lying to them a little bit maybe he's going to like hang them out to dry later but he never actually does he actually like I said in that scene where he talks to RJ, he's actually kind, he sticks up for the girls and makes it very clear that he respects them and that he should respect yeah. them too. And like, you kind of think like his character that like from the start would be trying to get her in like to, into the movie or whatever. But you know, I, I like that he's like, he's definitely sleazy, but not in like that kind of gross, you know, way. Like he, he's a, a much more likable <laughs> kind of guy. Yeah. He's involved in a lot of sleazy things, but he's, he's kind of noble in his attitude yeah, yeah. Uh, when it comes to things. Uh, and that's one of the, the things, like, like I say, much like Bobby Lynn's actually got a really good mind for what she does <laughs> and a really good mind for what, she, what you know, what she, you know, what she's doing. It just kind of works. Uh, it it kind of constantly subverts some of these things. Um, you know, I, and then, of course, Jackson, they do a good job with him where when the old man comes asking for help because he can't find <laughs> find his wife, Jackson yeah. offers to, like, help him. And he goes out of his way to help this old man who is... I mean, he, he didn't necessarily say anything racist to him, but he kind of had, like, a... There was, like, an undertone in how he responded to him. You could feel it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, could, you could feel the racist vibe, I suppose. <laughs> but, you know, he went out of his way to help him. And, like... You know, went above and beyond ended up crawling in some of the swamp and whatever try to help this old man uh and bobby, lynn, is so... and bobby lynn too actually tries to help the old lady at one point yeah and that, that scene is so great too when he's like he's talking to the old man and he's like talking about like you know oh they have this camar camaraderie because you know they're both soldiers and stuff and then uh <laughs> it's so great though when they just pan out and you see that he's uh, he's naked he's just like in silhouette with this like dong just hanging out oh yeah yeah there's like a. <laughs> I mean, maybe this man is ridiculously well endowed. I'm, I'm, because this thing was huge. I'm assuming, though, there was some sort of... <laughs> well, not a prosthetic, per se. It was in silhouette. I didn't exactly have to be yeah, yeah. that lifelike. But, yeah, like, you just sort of see, like, in shadow or in silhouette. Like, uh, mm -hmm. there's just something... Like, the big cock d 
dangling between his legs yeah. and it's like at his knees so he... <laughs> and like you know like the guy already looked uncomfortable like in front of like everyone like just before that you can only imagine how he's feeling now <laughs> i'm surprised he doesn't pass out when he gets an erection to be honest with him right. blood, the blood that it takes to fill that thing up. well i mean part of the plot is the movie is that like he has a bad heart so he can't make love to his wife or oh, the old man. he's at least afraid to yeah you mean the old man though oh man yeah yeah i'm talking oh, about jackson sorry. Oh, okay. Because oh, it's so big, yeah. Tim. Yeah, right, right. It takes so much blood. <laughs> <laughs> um, but clearly, that's just like a fun little. No, no it's yeah, not yeah. little, but you know I mean? it's a fun. It's a, it's a fun joke. Uh, but like you know, he he goes to help the old man. He's kind. He's generous, despite the fact that the old man's not been that nice to him. Uh, Brittany Snow's Bobby Lynn. She goes out to help the old woman when she's kind of lost and standing on the dock, and that leads to her death with the alligator. Obviously, the alligator had to, you know, Chekhov's alligator had to come into play. Uh, so the old woman pushes her in, but you know, all these characters, barring funnily enough, uh, Lorraine, whose final moments are her running off saying, I hate you guys, you got me into this. Uh, and I suppose technically RJ to a point, but he's the first kill, so it doesn't really count in the same way. But everyone else is like actively being a good person up until they're like well, murdered. <laughs> well, so here's what's uh, Lorraine's arc is actually really interesting because it starts off at, like you're even saying before that, you know, she kind of seems like the typical final girl and they're spending some more time with her. So you think that, you know, she might be filling that role uh, and yeah. in a you know more standard movie, she would be because she'd be the one that's you know, quote unquote, good. That's not having sex and doing drugs. But halfway through the movie, she kind of changes from that, like, you know, uh, you know, virginal final girl. And, you know, she agrees to kind of join these people and, you know, uh, partake in like what they're doing and have sex. And so when they do. And so I feel like, you know, when she does that, it's like, uh, and the, you know, it's almost like, you know, uh, OK, she can survive at this point. But then when she dies is actually when she rejects them again. Like, you know, when, you know, instead of sticking with Maxine later on, like, that's when she says, like, no, screw you. I hate you guys. And like, you know, she when she rejects him is when she actually gets killed, which yeah, is just a really funny, like reversal. It's like she blames them for lure, like she, she made they made her worse and drew her into their mm -hmm. world and she blames them for corrupting her. So it's almost like um, she at that point kind of represents someone who gets caught like having a mistress or something goes oh no it was uh it was the, the devil made me do it like these these like these corrupt people who are into heavy metal made me cheating my wife kind of thing. like yeah. you know you, you can sort of see like she's sort of like basically crawling back to the conservative world if you will mm -hmm. uh, and blaming these people for getting her in this mess uh absolutely I, mean, yeah. I was i was laughing a little bit at the start of that because you, you sort of paused that weird time when you said uh Vir vir virginal <laughs> and I, th I thought for a second you said vaginal and it was a really weird sentence <laughs> the vaginal final girl what what does that mean <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I just wanted to explain that because people probably saw me laughing um, uh, yeah well, no that'll be our new t-shirt <laughs> vaginal final girl <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm sure the ladies will be lining up to buy it <laughs> Yeah, so no, it's um, the 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 characters by and large are likable. They have a little bit more depth, or at the very least, they're not just 
like I, I think there's a, an ex- expectation, not necessarily based on real life, but based on just other movies and how other movies tend to portray characters who do things like these characters do, as being kind of one note. So when they also when most of them prove to have like a layer where they're really good people underneath and try to help other people or try to or say something thoughtful and insightful when they're talking about their roles in society, they it's like oh no these characters are actually a a bit more depth they have a bit more going on Mm. to them and as a result you don't necessarily want them to die and Mm. even rj doesn't really deserve it like you know he's a dick he he should have had sex with the old lady that's like (laughs) horror rule number one Well, yeah, that's. The, I mean, if if we're going to get into that moment, then so after he cries in the shower after having watched his girlfriend be plowed with the two foot long uh, mammoth that uh, Jackson's dick is, uh, he's going to leave in the middle of the night. He's he's going to drive out, but the old woman's like standing there in front of the van, and he goes out to try and move her, and he's nice about. It. He's like, "Hey, excuse me, ma'am, like I'm just trying to leave." And he tries. Do you need to go inside to your husband? Shall I help you inside? And she starts getting close to him and touching him and he sort of backs away a little bit not scared but just like why did you do that like what are you doing stop this yeah i think she like tries to kiss him or maybe just gets real close and then yeah he literally says like why did you do that and you know and and it's so funny because it just shows like the i mean the whole movie kind of like ends up being this this well not the whole movie i should say but like you know kind of like these killers motivation stuff it just ends up being like a kind of like a, a thing about age and like what happens like when you're past your prime and like you know standards of beauty and stuff and it's it, it's re- it's real funny because uh, i mean in general i think it's kind of a funny line but it's like you know if she was an attractive younger woman like you know you would never be like why why did you do that like you would you know you would know why they did that but you know since it is uh someone so much older like yeah his first idea is like more confusion than like arousal or anything it's just like wait why are you doing this what, what's going on oh yeah he may have a reason not to want a beautiful woman to kiss him but it wouldn't be right. confused by <laughs> by what she's trying to do yeah yeah uh so she stabs him in the neck with a a knife or a screwdriver or something i don't know actually i was so quick i don't even think i remember what it was I mean, yeah, I don't think you really see it that well. Like, it is dark and everything. Yeah. So, to me, it kind of looked like a box cutter or something. But Oh, sure. Yeah, it, it's something like that. It wasn't something big. It was something that she could just sort of fit in her hand, basically, yeah. is what we're saying. But, but I mean, it, it's very brutal, very visceral. And then, like, it, again, it's just, like, very gorgeous looking, like, as she's, like, continuously stabbing him. Uh, it's and lit, it's all, like, silhouetted. It's yeah. lit by the, the headlights of the van that's still mm-hmm. on. So, it's otherwise completely dark, but these, these headlights are light in the scene. Yeah. And then there's, there's this great little bit uh, to uh, that I really like where, um, you know, he has like the music playing from the car, which uh, they're playing, uh, you know, Don't Fear the Reaper, you know, very, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like notable song and stuff. And I think it works really well in the scene. But then there's this great little instance where um, earlier in the movie, which we should probably talk about, like the earlier scene with the old lady and, and her and Maxine. But, I would, yeah, you know, I, was, like... I was saving it from when we talked about Maxine and stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll just uh, dig into it like a little bit here since we're on the scene. But like earlier in the movie, she mentioned like how she used to be like this beautiful ballerina and she loved to dance. And then there's just this great little moment here where like, you know, she's, you know, this like crazy old lady who's just killing him and stabbing him very brutally. And like, you know, the headlights are getting covered in blood and it's very gory. And then there's like a second where the music stops and like switches over to this kind of classical music. And she just does like a quick little like, you know, dance that like, you know, like, from her olden ballerina days, uh, which, and I was just really nice, like little touch. Yeah. Uh, 
that, that's kind of your first kill. Uh, then, of course, Jartiga wakes up, can't find uh, RJ, and asks Wayne to help Luke. So they, they both go looking for him. Uh, and, you know, we spend a lot of time, like, w- walking with her. And at, at this point, we're kind of thinking, oh, as I was thinking, like, is it just the old woman who's a killer and crazy? Or, right. Like, does the, is, is this kind of a thing where the old man tries to keep her inside because he knows she's dangerous and yeah. he's trying to just stop her from killing people? Or is he also in on it? And it obviously answers it soon enough. Uh, so the old woman, Pearl, she kills Wayne with a pitchfork through the barn wall or <laughs> window or door, whatever it is. Because he's looking through like a little hole and then she stabs him. Now, this, this was the kill that I didn't like that much at first because mm-hmm. it was so quick and it cut away that I thought, oh, that was just kind of whatever. But then yeah. I actually cut back to it after another scene played out and you see him sort of peel off the, the pitchfork and like, the eye comes out. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, that's a lot more interesting now. There's a lot more going on oh, there. Definitely, yeah. And uh, like you said earlier, like uh, him walking around in his underwear is just a very like funny visual. Um, and there's like a really like uh good scene that kind of made me wince when he's first going into the barn and oh the nail yeah the nail and uh, again like i just one of these little touches that uh, i just love that west does where it's like you very clearly see the nail and it's like you know the camera is like kind of at the bottom like you're mostly just seeing his feet slowly walk towards it and it's like you know that that nail is going into that foot and it's just like a matter of when but it's like it's just such a good like tension builder even though it's like yeah you, you know it, it's definitely gonna happen but uh when it does you're just like ah oh, god damn it i i always have like a oh I, like things going through people's feet uh always makes me wince and uh so i was definitely going like ooh when that happened yeah he um I think the fact that the idea of him walking around and not not going to put a shirt on when he's asked to go and help look for RJ <laughs> is again just a sort of example of just like how comfortable he is with who he is that he's willing to walk around in his stupid this stupid like little tight bit of underwear. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a funny visual for us the audience because it just kind of looks silly, but uh, you know it sort of talks about his overconfidence in a, in a way. Yeah. And now uh, I don't know if this is kind of weird, but. Uh, so there's like these three holes in the barn door and for a second did you think that he was maybe gonna like put his dick <laughs> through one of those holes no i did not <laughs> it did not even occur to me in the slightest time <laughs> the only reason i was thinking is that is because like there's this old like uh, there's like this old dumb uh joke about like um uh, like it was like i think it's like a traveling salesman and he goes to a um uh, like a farmer's house and his car breaks down and he has to spend the night and there's like a, the farmer basically says like yeah you can sleep in the barn just like you know uh, the <laughs> and, and I think in the joke he specifically says like don't stick your, your dick in like any of these three holes or whatever and like for whatever reason the, the salesman does and like the first one it's like oh it feels so good and then he goes the second one's like oh it feels good too and then the third one like it doesn't feel good and like he can't get his dick out and then like uh the punchline of the joke is that you know he he asked the farmer like oh what's behind those holes and he's like well the first one was like my daughter the second one was also my daughter and the third one was a milking machine uh so that's the that's like the, this old um uh like joke that i i couldn't help but think of when i saw those three holes uh in the barn and then also since like you know the first uh like kill had kind of like you know sexual overtones to it as i was kind of wondering if like every kill was gonna have something like that so i was like waiting for him to 
stick his uh, dick in the <laughs> one of the holes. But then when he didn't, instead just got the pitchfork through the eyes. I was a little upset, but yeah. <laughs> well, that was a wild. I, I did not see that coming. <laughs> this little story that we just got. Um, yeah. And then she comes back in. When it cuts back, she comes back in and just kind of stabs him a bit, and then yeah. covers him with some hay. Like oh, that'll 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 hide him. Yeah. That's all I'll take. Uh, but while this is going on, obviously, Jenny Ortega's character, Lorraine's wandering around the house and the old man says, I'll help you, Luke. I'm looking for my wife. Uh, like, you know, can you, can you go to the basement? Because, like, there's uh, some batteries down there for the flashlights. And he locks her in. You know, he locks the door behind her and she can't get out. Uh, but there's a great reveal. So the thing that the cops saw at the start of the movie, um, there's a previous victim in here. There's, like, a like a half of a man like missing his legs who's like hanging yeah. up in chains uh completely naked and also very dead uh but it's a really grotesque visual and it's, it's like because the light isn't on at first and it's like completely covered by shadows so when she turns the light on and you see this just behind her it's like this it's a really good moment agreed <laughs> and then she starts you know, screaming and whatnot out and all the rest of it yeah uh, there's, there's some interesting stuff here though because like obviously at this point, the old man leads Jackson around looking for his wife uh, mm. around the water, and then the old woman, of course, kills uh, Bobby Lynn uh, by pushing her into the water when she's trying again when she's trying to help her. She's trying to be nice. She's shown her- she's yeah. shown the old woman kindness and gets killed for it. Mm. Um, when all all this is playing out, you kind of get this this uh, spectrum because at at one point, like when the old couple start talking and she mentions they talk about bobby lynn there's a line where she says you know i don't like blondes or something yeah. like that uh and she's like okay it's nice that you got lorraine down in the basement but that's not the one i want i want Ma- that maxine she's the one that i want so you get the impression that part of their thing is is that like the wife like like rapes like some women they kidnap is that is that, was, that, was that the impression you were getting here um, well, so the, I mean, the first thing, uh, you know, I thought was like, oh, okay, this is something they've done before. Uh, cause yeah, they have that line. And then, like you said, they have that corpse in the, in the basement, which I assumed was like <laughs> some type of sex corpse. Um, and then, uh, I mean, my, my, I, my guess was that she, she's probably by because I, I mean, like, obviously, you know, she comes on to RJ, but then, you know, she does seem to have this, you know, fixation on Maxine as well. So I guess she just, you know, likes men and women. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's obvious. She, always, she likes both because she clearly wants a RJ, but also her husband. Uh, she tries to have yeah, sex yeah. with her husband mm-hmm. earlier on. And he's like, you know, I can't. My bad heart kind of thing. The idea yeah. that he may have a heart attack if he tries to have sex. But uh, no, I'm specifically talking about just the, the way it, it sounded like from the dialogue that they tend to like, at least for her, whatever she wants out of it that she always gets like the the woman like she always like does something with the woman they never really go into too much depth as to exactly what it is um part of it might be maybe maybe she just like steals body parts maybe she like puts on their hair like leatherface or something i don't know Uh, i mean yeah i mean my guess is that you know so much of her motivation seems to be that she misses her youth and everything so you know, she thinks of herself as like this once beautiful 
uh, woman that like you know men were attracted to, well, and, it's not and just now that, she's it's not just that she misses her youth though, because when she talks about her youth, she talks about how she was meant to be this next big thing, but then she got uh-huh. married instead, and you know her life went down this like quieter path. So that's that's one of the main contrasts with Maxine is that Maxine is like poised to go on to be this like star potentially. And we don't actually know if she's going to be, like that's part of the, the charm of the movie, is that we don't know if she is actually going to be that, but just people perceive her to be someone important. She's going to be a big star in some way. And this is probably where, like, the attraction comes from. Yeah. But, know, the, uh, the old lady and Maxine. But the idea being that the old lady regrets what she's done with her life, and the idea mm-hmm. that Maxine's at the point in her life where she still gets to make all those choices. So mm-hmm. there's this... Uh, not just this, so there's the regret over that, but then there's also this idea of like missing uh, people being attracted to her, missing interaction mm-hmm. with her husband, which, you know, does lead to one of the most memorable scenes in a recent horror movie, which is where Maxine <laughs> is hiding under the bed. What they've been looking for, her, and they end up like on, on the bed and they end up having sex and he's 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 like what about my heart and he's like I, you can do it i believe in you <laughs> I, I don't remember the exact dialogue but we it get this, something like that yeah, yeah. But we get this top-down shot of his bare old ass <laughs> like having sex with uh pearl and but what's what's the regret about it though is that it's just a suspenseful scene as ridiculous as it is of maxine trying to crawl out slowly from under the bed whilst they're distracted yeah. having sex to get out yeah. of the, the the guest house so uh, really good stuff. But there's, there's a lot. Of, like I, I can't remember the exact order of events here. Obviously, at one point she goes in and like gets uh, Jenner Teague out, who at this point has had some of her fingers like chopped at with an axe because she tries to. She she gets through part of the door and like puts her hand out to unlock the door, and out of nowhere the old man just like hacks at her hand with an axe, and it's it looks like he hasn't really cleanly cut them off either. He just sort of hacks into them a couple of times, so they're kind of like half attached it's, yeah it's uh it actually yeah because of that it, it seems a lot more brutal because it's very like haphazard versus like yeah. oh very cleanly cut it's like yeah it looks like stuff is still hanging on and bent in weird ways um what's really interesting is like it feels like there's like a lot of like horror nods here too like uh i mean i don't know how intentional everything is but i mean like you know the axe coming through the door i can't help but think of like you know the shining a little bit and then mm-hmm. uh earlier on when like you know jackson's helping the old man look they see like this car is half submerged in the you know pond which you know made me think of psycho um and i guess even kind of too like when she um you know first sees that corpse in the in the basement i guess it's kind of like psycho ish you know when like you know they first turn on the light and see the mother uh which i mean it, it's hard kind of not to think of psycho because of the yeah, they specifically mention it like earlier in the movie. Yeah, and the the um, thing that he brings up with Psycho as well is that the the plot in that is a MacGuffin because yeah. it, it tricks you into what it actually is, and that's actually mm. what the characters in this movie are going through. They're going, they, they yeah. think they're here to make a porno, but they end up in a horror movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's some foreshadowing with that as well, uh, a little bit. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I say, yeah, brutal scene with the the, the accent and that. What's funny to me though is that you know Maxine goes and gets her after this scene i think and the entire time the couple were having sex in the guest house like she could have just opened the door still and left <laughs> like she she, te- she oh, obviously yeah, of course, she yeah. didn't know that the old man wasn't just waiting with the axe so i get why she yeah. didn't but she realistically had plenty of time <laughs> to just get out and, and like the thing that's kind of funny too is like the old people are so over the top but like in a weird way it is kind of like touching when they are having that very real conversation of like 
you know, like, hey, like, why don't you want to be with me anymore? Like, do you think I'm like, you know, can you, like, can't stand the sight of me? And it's like, no, like, I, I love you. Like, you know, you're beautiful to me. And it's like, you know, as I don't know, like a weird way, like, I don't think the movie wants you to necessarily like it is like a very shocking, jarring, like scene, but I don't think that necessarily yeah i want you to be like ew gross like old people like i think there is a weird like you know touchingness to it (laughs) Uh, that's actually the catch 22 i was talking about right at the start of the podcast Mm -hmm. is that it's interesting that there's actually some empathy for the old characters because yeah (laughs) what they talk about the fact that they're like they're struggling the wife especially struggling with like what their marriage is now and what they've lost from their youth and some of the things they say and talk about actually does garner a little bit of sympathy and make some sense and yeah. obviously what they're doing is wrong but you understand kind of what they're fighting for if you take the whole movie as a metaphor rather than literal then you kind of see this idea of like trying to fight for the, their youth back again a little bit or at least in the wife's part anyway and i think that's a little catch 22 in the sense that it does make them less intimidating as horror movie villains because i don't think sure. I, I I think by and large a more creepy horror movie villain is one that I can't sympathize with. I think I think <laughs> right. sympathizing or empathizing with the villain's motivations works better in most genres. Like it does. Like if you're watching an action movie, if you understand why the villain feels wronged and why they're doing the bad thing, it can make them more interesting. And mm-hmm. that's almost always true. I think in a horror movie, it's the one genre where I'm not so sure it's actually necessarily good for the the horror moviness of it, if that makes sense. Like, because yeah. all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, these aren't two unstoppable killing machines. They're, it's almost like kind of lucky that they've gotten away with murdering people. They're, 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 right. they're, they're catching <laughs> them off guard. They're doing it when they're not, they're not super strong or anything like that. They don't have. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think the, yeah, I, I guess I, I, that is kind of a bit, a bit of a catch 22. Like the, the one, the villains are kind of like, there's a lot of stuff that you can really think about and, and and dig deep into the movie. I think the villains are the one thing that like, you know, you kind of don't want to think too much about. Cause like really it looks like you could just easily push them down and then like, you know, just be done. Uh, but like, I mean, everything else is firing on all cylinders. So like, you know, it didn't bother me too much, but yeah, it's probably yeah. like the weakest part of the movie. Surprisingly. Yeah, oh, by the way, there's a great uh, setup at the start. There's a lot of stuff that's set up and paid off in this movie. We talked about the alligator. We talked about some of the other like plot things. Uh, the guns. Uh, so the old man says when he first has the shotgun out, pointing the way at the start of the movie, he says, it's not even loaded. I just keep it here to like, scare off trespassers. You know, just pointing yeah. this enough. And Wayne says, oh, I know what you mean. I've got one just like in the glove box. And you see that. You see, like, uh, I think Bobby Lynn opens the glove box just in case. Or yeah. like, maybe Maxine actually opens the glove box and you see the like the handgun that's in there. But obviously the shotgun is loaded. He uses it multiple times during the film. But there's a great payoff towards the end where when Maxine goes to use this handgun and it doesn't fire. And I went, of course, because Wayne said yeah. it. What you know, he said it's the same thing. It's not loaded. It's just to scare people. Uh, <laughs> That's really good. I didn't catch up on like I like obviously I, I knew he said that, but I didn't think uh, to go to go back and like think about that again. But yeah. That's a really good payoff. <laughs> no, I, I really like that. It was just one of the small things that paid off. It does feel quite mm-hmm. brutal uh, when Maxine fights back here and like takes mm-hmm. them both out. Um, you know, the, it's it's kind of a carnage oh. ending, if you will. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, you know, it does get like kind of like brutal and stuff, but it is it's kind of funny how 
it's kind of just like their oldness <laughs> that does them in like basically um you know the old man <laughs> actually thought that was like kind of funny but like he basically just has a heart attack when uh i, I think it's um yeah jenny ortega's character kind of like is basically dead and then just kind of like spurts up like some has like a little spasm or spurts up some blood or something <laughs> basically the old guy just has a heart attack yeah and dies <laughs> and then yeah the, the old lady um they have their little like standoff but yeah maxine's gun doesn't fire so she goes to grab her shotgun and shoots it but it's like so powerful and she's so frail it just like fling like flings her back <laughs> yeah uh, and even Jenny Ortega's death, where she, she just yells, I hate you, I'm going away. As soon yeah. as she goes out the front door, she's immediately shot. Bang. Like, yeah, just immediately dead. No, wait, I actually, I forget, though. How did Jackson die? Because, uh, like you said, Bobby Lynn was pushed into the pond and the gator got him. But did Jackson, did he just get shot? I think he just got, I think the old man just shot him. Yeah, because yeah. he's, he's out there and like the edge, because he finds like a car from a previous victim in the water, yeah. doesn't he? Um, yeah. yeah, but it's been two weeks, so I, I might be, slightly fudging my memory on this but it's uh it's a little unfortunate because i actually did like his character and it feels like he didn't really get like a very memorable death obviously like i mean i just saw a few days ago and i'm kind of struggling to remember exactly Mm. what happened yeah yeah uh so maxine does get to live she 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 leaves uh she she leaves in the the car i i was uh i I was actually as uh so so basically, yeah, like the old lady, you know, she's been like flung backwards and she's like on the ground and she's um, the 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 thing that's really interesting, too, about the old, old couple is like they're very hypocritical because on the one hand, like, you know, they they're kind of like craving their youth and their beauty and sex and they're very sexual and like they want to have sex. And like the old lady is coming on to, you know, like the other people and stuff uh, there. But then at the same time, like whenever you know, she's kind of confronted with these people. She, you know, will instantly start like, you know, trying to degrade them and like calling them whores and sluts. And well, I, mean, I think that's very know, intentional. That that plays into the, yeah. the the key theme that a lot of people don't want to admit they have a sexual side or desires and mm-hmm. treat sex as this taboo subject that they're not supposed to talk about. You know, that ties into the conversation that the rest of the characters had earlier in the film. You know, they, they talked about how. Oh, they won't admit what they really feel, so they sort of look to us to like sort of live out what they're they're thinking, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because like you know you feel like you know most people kind of like look down on porn stars, but like oh it's so like dirty and sleazy, but at the same time like most people watch porn, so it's kind of like yeah this weird hypocrisy. But um, there, are, and then, no, there absolutely is a hypocrisy to that in yeah. society, which I think is the point though these characters and what they kind of represent. Yeah. And then, uh, like, we should probably double back and talk about the earlier scene between uh, Maxine and um, and the old lady. But uh, before we do that, just, just to kind of, like, you know, clean, uh, clear up the ending here. Uh, so, <laughs> so there's nothing like, clean about it. You're not going to say yeah. clean. Like, no, no, her head goes splat. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, so she's down on the ground and, you know, it's a horror movie. So you don't want, like, the, you know, you really want the, the hero to give it to the villain. And I thought she was going to like kick her head in. I, I was waiting for her to stomp her or do something. And then when she got in the car to drive away, I was a little disappointed. I was like, Oh really? That's all we're going to get. But then as soon as like, you know, you kind of see her crawling closer towards the car and then you kind of start getting the inkling like, Oh yeah, that head's going to run over. <laughs> and it, it goes pop. It's, a, it's, it's like running over a pumpkin. Yeah, uh, how I describe it. Uh, it's a wonderful little little moment. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, yeah, because I say we, we talked about it a little bit, but yeah, this is when she's she's it's after she's been swimming and the old lady Pearl uh, invites her in for some lemonade, and she feels too awkward to turn her down, so she kind of accepts it. Um, yeah. And you know, she's she wants to edit from her husband as well, but the husband sees us yeah. like two glasses out for the lemonade, so it's like a whole non thing. But she she's looking at folks. Look at me, I was so beautiful. I was just like you. I was the I was the it girl. I was the one that people expected to have this yeah. big thing with and. And, and like there's this really great uh, juxtaposition of it where like they're kind of cutting back and forth between like a, a porno scene they're filming so like they show her like pouring some lemonade and then it goes to like the porno scene where the character in that is like pouring lemonade and having like a you know little conversation at a table so there's a really nice back and forth and uh, I like when they do uh, some of these shots where like it feels very 70s where you kind of have like a split screen um mm-hmm. going on uh which is really cool and then um you're right. yeah i i, I, I I'd forgotten about that actually yeah you're right like it, it cuts between like stuff that happens to link up with the the porn movie yeah yeah and then and, and it's kind of funny like knowing like you know it, like the porn itself you know it's about these kind of two strangers meeting and like you know sitting down and having like lemonade but there's a very sexual undertone to it and then it's kind of funny because it's jumping back to this where like you know you would think that there shouldn't be any sexual undertone, but then knowing like what the you know old lady wants and like later what should do, yeah, there and, actually is that. And even at the end of the scene, though, before she goes, she does try to touch her arm in a kind of a sexual way. Yeah, I love, and uh, this is another thing I think Ty West does really good, where like he, where there's like little stuff like this, where it's like it's not like overly crazy or whatever, but it's just like something off is happening, and it just it's a very small thing but it just really feels disturbing where yeah she just because she's kind of she's just wearing like these overalls but like nothing underneath uh so like you know it, it almost feels like kind of like uh i don't know sexual i, I guess because like you can see like side boob and stuff going on but then like yeah she just kind of like grazes her side a little bit and then like her husband's coming home it's like oh like my husband's here you have to leave don't worry this will be our secret and she's like secret like what are you talking about but like you can already start starting to tell like something weird is going on here and it's just uh well i, I think uh, the other thing about this scene too is just in that contrast with the porn scene is like you said mm-hmm. so then the porn scene it's you know farmer's daughters inviting the man in for the lemonade she pours the lemonade and everything's a mm-hmm. double entendre there's a lot of looks and stuff mm-hmm. and then you have this scene where this old woman is as we learn more as the film goes on is attracted to this younger girl mm-hmm. in whatever way she is and is Given her lemonade, she's talking to her about her past, trying to connect with her, and then tries to touch her. I think there's the the contrast between the moods in both scenes is that the porn scene, and then also well, so the porn scene is the fantasy, right? The porn scene like mm-hmm. is the 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 typical porn fantasy of the two strangers and the uh, immediately going to the the horniness and the sex. Mm-hmm. And then the tone in the scene in the house with the old woman Pearl and and uh maxine is kind of more like reality like if you imagine like someone who just watched not, not that i'm saying the old woman is this but to, to, mm. to drop to try and explain what i'm saying here if you imagine someone who's only ever watched porn thinks that porn's a, a valid <laughs> representation of what, how sex actually works mm. and invites in like say a neighbor they're attracted to for some lemonade thinking oh this is the start of the sex like i'm gonna i'm gonna we're gonna have sex like porn and like <laughs> this would be the awkward tone where they're you know trying to initiate this and the other person is oblivious that they're they're, they're, they're yeah. in this other person's fantasy and what they're doing and it's not the exact same because obviously 
if it was a man especially a man who wasn't like 80 <laughs> like maybe <laughs> like you know a young woman wouldn't accept because she probably suspects that he might be a creep <laughs> like the, right, but yeah. you know but that's part of the, the horror i guess is that you're unsuspecting of this really old woman being guilty of this kind of like thinking and where she's yeah. going with her with her plan but like I, I think that's kind of the contrast is that the fantasies we see in porn aren't necessarily translatable to <laughs> everyday life and most people have to be in the know and consent to what they're actually being a part of right uh yeah. you know, so I, I, like you know maybe i'm overthinking it but like i no, think, that's, I think that's very interesting yeah thing to think about and yeah. uh and, and again like i feel like this is just a very smart movie where you know like this stuff feels very deliberate and planned like that you know there's a reason why you know we're, we're thinking about it uh probably like a little bit more than you know most kind of hollywood straightforward you know kind of movies that are just like all right here's what's happening like you know this it actually does like you were talking about earlier like it has like layers and there's meaning and you know to these kind of things yeah which i don't know if i was expecting going into it it's uh kind of nice that it, it does go down that kind of that that path because you know, I was going in thinking, oh, it'll be a stylish slasher movie where they die one by one. And I'd have been t- yeah. had a great time with that. But it did have a bit more going for it. Um, mm-hmm. And there's kind of that final little touch at the end where, it, you know, we, we get cut to the police. We go back to the start of the movie yes. where it's the police, you know, captain or sheriff or whoever he is walking mm-hmm. around. And as they're taking out the bodies, because I wasn't sure what we're going to see when we come back to this, because I was like, well, I have to go back to You have to bookend the movie with it. Right, yeah. But, but what do you like what's the rev- what's the final moment what 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 is the what did they learn or reveal or talk about that kind of mm. wraps up the film and so the, on the tv throughout the film we saw the 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 convenience store oh, I about this. Yeah, we yeah. saw it in the house a couple of times but there's this you know this pastor guy on tv talking about satanism and how music and porn and sex and all these things are ruining the great christian american public and blah 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 right mm. And at the end of the film, as they're carrying out the dead bodies to the house, this TV's still playing, and the camera goes over to it, and the final reveal is that this guy says, I lost my daughter to to these people, and a giant photo of Maxine is then revealed on stage where he's talking, and he's talking... So she came from this guy. Like, she came... Like, like her existence is her, like, moving away from this, like trapped world that she was in uh yeah. that, you know that her father had built around her that she's now often being free so it, it kind of like you know and I, I think it cuts back to her you know still in the van like driving away at this point as well just to sort of see her one last time uh before before the movie ends so it's just kind of this final reveal of like no she, she like does some more coke as she's driving <laughs> oh yeah yeah i think she does but you know it's this is final reveal of like she it had a lot more in common, bizarrely, with Lorraine. And it kind of explained why she was so uncomfortable with how Lorraine was looking at her, because she probably mm. had felt that stare before. She probably always felt like that she, was, sense, she yeah. was different to the other people that she was around growing up mm. and up until her late teens or whatever, you know, whenever she decided to run away and uh, go off and do what she was doing. And it, and it's just, like, another great example of, like, pointing out this uh, hypocrisy because, he, yeah, like, he says, like, oh, I lost my daughter to these people when it's, like no like you almost lost her to the people that are watching you like you know this you know couple that was listening to your program that you know probably identifies as being christian and and all that stuff like they're they're the real villains that 
you know, she had to be worried about I, it. I actually not, thought like, you were going to say something different there, because I'll add on, yeah. you know, you didn't lose her to these people. You lost her because of how you treated her. You lost her because of your right, judgmental right, right, yeah. nature, because of how you viewed anything that she was willing or wanted to be. Um, yeah. And, yeah, maybe, like, would she go into the exact path she was getting into? If like she didn't have the upbringing and, fit and felt like as closeted and as reserved by her father, mm. maybe, maybe not. It doesn't really matter. Uh, mm. But so you know, there's some interesting ideas there that are kind of it's, it's provoking you to think about it. Um, I was still thinking about it for a while after I watched it. Yeah. Uh, the fact that I can still talk yeah. about it this much two weeks after I saw it is kind of a testament to it. Do you, yeah. do, do you think it like? Do you think after we watch like the? Uh, what was the movie we did that was terrible? What was that Kevin Bacon one? Oh, uh, something Darkness. Uh, just the Darkness, though, I say? Just the darkness. Might have been, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> could, could you imagine like watching that and then not talking about it for two weeks? Like, Oof, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would have forgotten everything. We'd have nothing to say about it. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I mean, I was, this is something that's like, you know, been in my mind. Uh, again, it's still fresh for me, but I mean, there's no way that, you know, this doesn't end up, uh, you know, at the top of my list at the end of the year. It's, um, I mean, there's other movies I'm still excited for this year, but I mean, this is going to be the one to beat. Uh, there's, again, just so much I liked about it. And there's a lot of stuff that we haven't even, like, you know, that we still, we've been talking probably longer than the movie at this point. There's, like, still stuff that we haven't really touched upon. Like, you know, th that one scene where, uh, uh, you know, Pearl, like, goes into maxine's uh room while she's still sleeping she like undresses and starts like you know spooning her and stuff like that's another thing it's just like really like creepy and uh unsettling and it feels like such a you know like gross like <laughs> uh you know a uh, intrusion uh and then like uh I, I really like the i think it's the final line of the movie too because like you said we go back to the cops and everything uh at the crime scene and they one of the cops finds the the camera and he's like, so like, what do you think is on here? And he says, like, I don't know, but it's like one hell of a horror show. And then I, I think at that point, like the, you know, the big X like comes up on the screen, um, mm. which is really nice. But I think they actually is one F one F up horror movie or something. Yeah. Like yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> um, so I. So unfortunately, I, I, I did leave uh, during the credits because uh it was super late uh i was really tired um so i i guess supposedly I, I heard about it afterwards but i guess there was like a little teaser or preview of the next movie i don't know did you see that or do you know what's funny is that i was warned by tara that there was a post credit scene but then forgot and left yeah. anyway <laughs> okay uh, but i i am a, i have some intel on this though uh okay. that they actually shot a whole prequel about peril called peril I heard about this, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, I didn't know what the preview actually was, but I heard what it was later. So I I could be wrong, but we might even get that this year. Well, yeah, they already Dude? shot it all. It's already finished shooting. Okay, it's already in yeah, the can. Yeah. I mean, uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, I I obviously I love this movie, so I'm like I don't... I'm gearing for more. I don't know what a prequel would entail, but I I am completely indifferent to it because mm. like I I don't know I don't need more backstory for. Right, this yeah. character, I don't need there to be anything explained. This movie is completely standalone and does not need anything attached to it. 
Um, that does yeah. that does not mean that the story of this young pearl couldn't be good or couldn't be interesting, <laughs> but I think by its nature, it's it's not going to feel like X though, is it? It's not going to be the same type of movie. Right. No, I mean, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Uh, I mean, I'm excited for it just based on you know how much I like this movie and you know how much I, <clears throat> I'm excited about Ty West uh, again. So for me, it's it's more about oh hey, I I love this guy's movie and i get to see another movie by him hopefully it's i'm assuming it'd probably be pretty different but you know hopefully there was something uh about this character that he felt needed uh they had a good idea for so I, i'm excited on that end but i mean i do completely agree though like yeah this is a very standalone movie i, I don't need more of the characters but i think he might have even said that it's a possible trilogy um so i don't know how <laughs> where that comes in but okay uh, we'll see how that goes but all right <laughs> yeah but i mean i i'm basically just excited because hey i really like this movie so oh, i mean it, it you may... want to give me another movie sure <laughs> it may be good but you know i'm at a point in my life where like weird needless <laughs> sequels and prequels aren't something i'm going to get excited about on just oh we're getting another one especially sure, it, sure, sure, sure. it's not it's not like uh if because if he said he was doing x2 not to be confused with x2 x-men united <laughs> right. then it'd be like okay it probably won't be as good as the first, but if you're saying you're giving me a group of characters getting into a situation and you're going to be like poking more fun, maybe it'd be one set in the 80s so you can move to a different era of filmmaking, a different era of like ideas or whatever. Like that'd, that'd be cool, or possibly, but, but at least I'd have some sort of idea what to expect. But a movie about peril is just kind of like, okay, well, I'll see what it is. But I'm neither excited nor not excited. I mean, the one the one upside to it, I suppose, is that, like, they did this call because they cared, and it was, like, maybe a little passion project for him and Mia Goth, because they seemed to want to do it. But, uh, like, I'd be curious to know, like, did, did was this planned in advance, or was it when they were making this that they just started talking about it, and he's like, oh, I'll write a script. Yeah, let's make, a, let's make another little movie about this peril character. Yeah, I think I've what I've kind of gleaned from um, like like I was listening to a podcast or two uh, about it, or maybe saw like an article or something about it. I think it was basically like while they're filming, the idea kind of struck him, and uh, I think they filmed in New Zealand. Um, and you know, it was during COVID and stuff, so things were kind of hard and uh, you know a little iffy. And I think basically the idea kind of struck him, and he you know, went to Mia Gotham and was like, hey, I kind of got this idea. How do you feel about this? And then they, yeah, like you said, kind of filmed it in secret for a few weeks. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm very intrigued. Uh, and again, just going off on how much I, I like this movie, I'm excited for it. Uh, but yeah, I, I have no idea <laughs> like what it'll be about. Uh, and yeah, is the tone going to be similar? Um, again, like you said, like we don't really need further backstory in these characters, but Especially hey, since I guess if, we'll see. if it's all set when she's young, then mm -hmm. like, are they going to say that she was she was already doing like killer like or like crazy things at that age, or yeah. is it going to do like a time passing thing where we see her like over the years start to like turn sinister <laughs> and do bad things? Yeah. I either way, like I don't, I don't know if either of those sounds that appealing, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, as far as Ty West is concerned, like you know he's made two great films now. I mm -hmm. thought Innkeepers was just okay, but I would say that this feels kind of more in line with the quality that he, he sort of introduced me to with House of the Devil, which I do think is a really good movie. Um, yeah, no, I yeah, I completely agree. Like I said, like I like his other movies. Uh, I don't really remember Sacrament that that well, but I remember 
not hating it, being a little disappointed. And then, um, you know, not a horror movie, but I did like a In the Valley of Violence. Um, it, was, it was a good Western. Um, but again, like nothing has wowed me since House of the Devil. But I mean, this movie really did wow me. I think, um, you know, everything was just really working, uh, like on every level for oh, me. Oh, and honestly, this movie proved to me that he's not a one-hit wonder because I was kind of worried that yeah. he was because after House of the Devil, Innkeepers was just okay. I haven't seen Sacrament, but I hadn't heard that great many great things about it, and I hadn't really heard much Honestly, about his you West. don't need to, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> it didn't sound like there was anything must-see. Must In the last few years, he'd been doing mostly just episodes of TV, so it kind of felt like yeah. he was maybe winding down or something. So this was kind of a pleasant return, but also a return in the sense that, oh, it's a return to form in a lot of ways as well, uh, to, totally, yeah. to the promise of that first movie. Not that it was his first movie, but it was the first movie I saw of him. So. Right, right. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's really yeah what most people probably say, like, you know, people take notice of him or, you know, his career kind of begins with that. Yeah. Uh, all right, then. Well, I think we can we can rate the movie, Timmy. So what are you, what are you giving it? Yeah, I mean... We, we've just like gushed about it uh for two hours uh obviously this was and i, I guess i never really mentioned it before but uh this is the first time i've been back to the movies in a long long time uh i, I think the what was the last thing i saw venom 2 which was like uh, was that before I, I, or after resident evil welcome to rick say that was before. Okay, so yeah, you're right. Okay. Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, uh, which you know I did have a fun time with, but uh, yeah, that's not like <laughs> the same kind of movie experience. But um, so I guess that wasn't that long because I was like November, so I mean it's April now. Um, but I mean that that's still like a you know a couple of months, uh, you know, between going to the theaters and uh, this was just a very pleasant uh trip back. I, I had such a good time. Um. I feel like I could keep going on and on about about this movie, but I mean, I, it looks gorgeous. Uh, it has great characters, uh, great writing. Um, like you said earlier, there's layers to it. It's not just a, you know, simple. Hey, you know, um, here's some teens. Let's kill them. Uh, you know, which you know, hey, those horror movies can be fun too. But it's always nice when there's something that actually makes you think, and there's a lot to say and examine about it, and. Um, you know the horror works uh the humor in it works uh and uh and like you said i'm just really happy that you know to me like ty west is back like uh i i love 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 house of the devil and uh yeah i've been waiting for another return to form and uh you know i i'd probably put this below house of the devil um which i mean uh, maybe part of it is because it's a little newer uh but uh i still think that this is an absolute phenomenal film um and just a great work of horror and yeah i'm gonna actually go really high i'm gonna give it a nine i i think it's truly truly great uh, i can't imagine like you know much will be able to top it uh this year for me uh, but you know it's not just like a good movie this year i feel like this will be one that's gonna stay with me that you know i'll, I'll be thinking about like a you know, well into when we're doing like our best of the 2020s, this is going to be pretty high up there. Oh yeah, when we're both like in our 40s and we're doing the best of the decade. Jesus, yeah. That's going to be great fun. Joe, it's fine. We had a slight tech issue a few minutes ago, so we had mm -hmm. to like sort of take a break. Uh, everything's fine, the episode's okay, mm -hmm. but we had to take a break and we sort of joked, oh, we're already like over the runtime of the movie, this is going to be like close to two hours <laughs> by the time we're done. And... Like, Tim, don't, don't get to say shit, because he just... 
I asked for his number and he went on there for like five minutes <laughs> before he finally got to the nine. So I, I don't want to be blamed for the runtime, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's always me. I'm always blamed. Uh, at least on streams, it's, it's, it's a 50 50 partnership. <laughs> yeah, you're the one that reads the comments, though. So if, <laughs> if people are throwing shade, I, ain't, I probably ain't seeing it. <laughs> you only send me the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um my rain uh, yeah it, it's a really good film it's it's refreshing because like i feel in my more jdg years where i i come out of a lot of movies going eh, it was okay or yeah it was it was some good, good things about it but like you know i i come out of like a superhero movie now where i come out of like a ghostbusters afterlife and i'm like yeah it was a decent time but it kind of suffers from this this and this and whatever I came out of this being like, no, I'm thinking about it. It had good cinematography where I felt really engrossed in what it was doing. It had good characters. It constantly subverts your preconceptions on what type of horror movie it is, what the characters are like, and what they represent. And it's making you think and sort of just question how you can how how you perceive various things. And it's always got a purpose. It's not just it's not just like going, ha, I got you, or we tricked you <laughs> for, for the sake of the surprise or for anything like that. It's about making you think and it's, it's got a statement and it's, uh, but it's also through and through also a proper like grindhouse sleazy horror movie. Mm. It doesn't betray that roots, its roots in that sense either. So uh, it's kind of a really good balancing act. And it's funny too, because this is an A24 movie, which usually, you know, is kind of associated with like that elevated kind of horror which, you know, I think it works perfectly well, but, like, you know, it's definitely, it doesn't feel like it has, like, a, it is a little sleazier <laughs> than most of the but stuff. It, but it's the thing out. is, though, is it is elevated, because it does have actual subtext. <laughs> like oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, So yeah. it is elevated <laughs> in that sense. Like, you don't have to For be sure. the Babadook <laughs> to, <laughs> to be called elevated horror. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I think I'm going to be just slightly more restrained than Tim Nongo with an 8.5. <laughs> slightly more restrained uh, what, what you make it sound like I'm a menace that's like running through the streets <laughs> <laughs> giving out nines willy nilly I'm just you know like, like I, I you have to really earn your nines and tens from me you really sure. do mm-hmm. and in time it might go up to the nine if I see it again mm-hmm. and it's, I still feel strongly maybe I'll like it even more on a, a repeat viewing um, that happens with movies sometimes but I, I think I'll go eight point five, but but I want. I mean, I think people who listen to this show, watch this show, know by now how many fives and sixes I'm giving out. Like an eight, <laughs> an eight point five is a is a really good score. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, like, I'm making that clear. It's a really great movie uh, that horror fans should enjoy. So, uh, uh, that's where I'm going with that. So, there you go. Better than Stream 5, uh, better than Texas Chainsaw Massacre from this year. Yeah, no, I definitely Hot takes, perhaps. (laughs) No, the hot hot take is that uh, I said I like Texas Chainsaw Massacre more than Stream 5, which most people wouldn't agree with. (laughs) (laughs) I had more fun with it, damn it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I did like Scream 5, but I I won't... um, Yeah, (laughs) I I wouldn't put you on blast for that because... 
I, I like Texas Chainsaw as well. I'll be a bit of a Texas Chainsaw defender. <laughs> Joe, the thing is, though, uh, the comparison with Scream 5 is an interesting one because I think this mm. movie does what Scream 5 pretends to do. I think this mm. movie actually deconstructs things about the horror genre and the characters in it and says mm. something about them, whereas Scream 5 just points out the tropes and does them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't actually say anything it just does them it just points them out <laughs> sure yeah i mean i, I think scream 5 is still a, a fun time but yeah this movie definitely has more to say and um yeah probably is is better deconstruction meta narrative than than that movie i mean i'll agree with that good because i'm right <laughs> <laughs> so there you go that is our discussion of x <clears throat> uh hopefully you feel like we gave it to you because yeah. <laughs> X going to give it to you I don't even listen to that song I just I hear the internet talk about it and what it was when Resident Evil 2 remake came out and everyone was making the jokes about Mr. X uh, okay gotcha. right, that, that's where I know it from more than anything to be honest uh, just to you know give you a peek behind the curtain here but uh, yeah that that has been this uh, awaited streams after midnight episode hopefully you enjoyed it uh, and uh, give us your thoughts on the film in the comments please do uh, Tim's looking at me did you want to post for the thumbnail is that what you're thinking you're thinking he's going to forget to ask Wait, wait, we got the thumbnail. You got to thank the Patreons. Like, what are you, what are you doing? I'll get to the Patreons in a minute. I can't oh, do them. I can't okay, do them okay. at the same time. <laughs> Might present an interesting challenge, but I can't do it at the same time. So, Tim, pose for the <clears throat> thumbnail, would you please? Okay. Three, two, one. Pose. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of half expecting you to do like a. Like a seductive look or something. <laughs> I just gave the people two hours of a seductive look. I don't. They don't need <laughs> a thumbnail to drive that home. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so there you go. Um, I, I will say that obviously uh, we'll be back with a regular episode in about two weeks' time on the on the channel. Uh, patrons, though, next week can expect even more screams. Uh, the April edition of that, where we just talk about all the random horror movies we've been watching, not for the show, and just sort of casually give some spoiler-free thoughts. Uh, and Tim's also promising another sort of game slash quiz at the start <laughs> of the show. So uh, you can get that for just one dollar per month on on our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV where you get even more streams once a month and a bonus episode where we review a movie, just like the regular episode. But, uh, mm -hmm. like, you know, not available to everyone. <laughs> so, right. uh, go over... Go over Only streams. The, the most elite can afford the, the Screams Patreon. Yes. So that's <laughs> patreon.com slash TV, uh, And, of course, one of the higher tiers is a Patreon producer tier. So I will thank our Patreon mm. producers right now thank you to tyler hess cindy pelicius david short board now christopher moy david brown al treisman and allison m fordice they are our patron producers for the month so thank you very much should have just thrown wayne's name in there <laughs> just, just it's just a bit weird just with one name tim <laughs> i mean what do you think is bruce wayne or something like <laughs> uh, yes 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 the the bat man <laughs> i mean Let's face it, he could probably just, like, fund everything himself. Like, just... Oh, yeah, of course. You know, 10 grand a month Patreon yeah. tier. <laughs> I was thinking about uh, going to the movies to see the new Batman movie. It looks quite good. I want to see it, but jeez, that runtime. 
It's it's, very, it's tough. It's really good though, Tim. I know. I I, I want to. It's just the. I, I can. I cannot tell you how good I feel that the, the last two mo- movies I saw in the theater, but not not in the same day, but <laughs> the last two I saw in terms of back to back, it was Batman and X, and like I can't remember the last time I went like two trips in a row and came out feeling that pleased <laughs> with myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see if I can get. I mean, it's, it's going to be on HBO Max uh, this month, uh, I, I think. So mm-hmm. it's it's not that much of a wait, but I still would like to see it in the theaters if I can. Uh, problem is is like with uh it, it's i would have to see it at night because otherwise it's like it's gonna be like almost like over four hours probably that i would be away and just mm-hmm. maybe leaving my wife with like uh a one-year-old to look after which is <laughs> very hard to do um so i can't really do it during the day if i wait till it goes at night then i have to go to like you know nine ten o'clock showing and then like be out till 12 1 uh it's tough she knows who she married, Tim. <laughs> I mean, if it was a horror movie, I could, I could say, hey, I gotta do it for the show. But... <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, oh, well. Hey, it, it, you'll see it soon, okay? Right, right, maybe. right. Uh, but yeah, that, that is the show. Thank you very much for joining us, everyone. You know, like, subscribe, ding the bell for notifications, all those other things you can do for free to help the show. Uh, get us on Twitter, at Screams Midnight, uh, and... Uh, yeah, I'm also sharing clips of the show on TikTok now as a thing, so, like... <laughs> I sound so excited about it. <laughs> That's Male Fuzz Movies on, on TikTok, so uh, go and check that out if you want to. Uh, but that is... I hate TikTok, Coming soon to Snapchat. I, I, hate <laughs> <laughs> I hate TikTok, Tim. I hate it. It sounds horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> but it's, it's a way to promote the show, so I have to, I have to try, so... That's what it is. Okay. Uh, I hope this is the the clip that you're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I hate TikTok time. I hate it. <laughs> but yeah, that's us. Thank you once again for watching. Let's see, we always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, and we will see you next time. We're out.